This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. It is a cool afternoon at Fairgrounds Raceway. Should be a good show today. The drivers, as we said, always look forward to coming here after coming off the 200-mile-an-hour speeds at Daytona International Speedway. There will be, uh, as Little Richard says in his record, a lot of slipping and sliding out there today. And a whole lot of shaking going on. It, it will be that here at Richmond. 39 drivers, or rather 40 drivers, came here to try to attempt qualifying for the Miller High Life 400. Nine cars did not make the field. We'll give you those now. Jerry Holden did not make it. Bobby Gerhardt, the Pennsylvania driver. Eddie Beerschwall could not qualify his own car, but he will start the race. Chet Phillip from Arizona, Texas. Earl Canavan from upstate New York. Indiana's Craig Stetman. Alan Kowicki, the short track driver from Wisconsin. Jonathan Lee Edwards and Ronnie Thomas of Christianburg, Virginia are not on the f- in the field. Let's get into the starting lineup. Starting back in 31st position, Eddie Beerswall of San Antonio, Texas. The fleet service Chevrolet was scheduled to be driven by Ron Esau of Lakeside, California. They may switch back and forth this afternoon. We'll kind of keep you posted on that. 30th, Jimmy Means, Huntsville, Alabama, starts the Broadway Motors Pontiac. 29th, Ken Schrader of Fenton, Missouri, the Red Baron Frozen Pizza, and Mel Gear Racing Ford. Starting 28th, Davey Allison of Hueytown, Alabama, in the Sadler Racing Chevrolet. 27th, Richard Petty, Randomon, North Carolina, the STP Pontiac. 26th, J.D. McDuffie of Sanford, North Carolina, the Rumpel Furniture Pontiac. In 25th spot, Kirk Bryan of Thomasville, North Carolina, the Spectrum Furniture Pontiac. 24th, Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin, the Helen Ray Special Chevrolet. 23rd, Bobby Allison, Hueytown, Alabama, the Miller American Buick. 22nd, Jimmy Hensley of Ridgeway, Virginia, the Sunny King Ford. Starting 21st is Mike Walter of Owensboro, Kentucky, and the Hawaiian Punch Pontiac. Going 20th, Greg Sachs of Mattituck, New York, the TRW Die Guard Racing Pontiac. And 19th, Neil Bonnet of Hueytown, Alabama, the Budweiser Chevrolet. 1 through 18, lined up on points. After Daytona, that puts Harry Gann in 18th position. He's from Taylorsville, North Carolina. The Circle K Skull Bandit Chevrolet. 17th, Joe Rutman of Upland, California in the Quaker State Buick. 16th, Buddy Arrington, the Martinsville, Virginia racer in the Minor Ford Thunderbird. 15th will be Tim Richmond of Ashland, Ohio in the Folgers Coffee Chevrolet. 14th, Trevor Boys of Calgary, Alberta, Canada, the U.S. Racing Chevrolet of D.K. Ulrich. 13th, Tommy Ellis, the hometowner from Richmond, the Freelander Chevrolet. 12th will be Kyle Petty of Randleman, North Carolina in the Sitgo 711 Ford. And 11th, Phil Parsons of Denver, North Carolina, the Skoll Eckerd Drug Oldsmobile. Tenth on the grid, Dale Earnhardt from Kannapolis, North Carolina, the Wrangler Goodwrench Chevrolet. Ninth, Bill Elliott, Dawsonville, Georgia, starts the Coors Melling Ford. Eighth starter, Ricky Rudd, Chesapeake, Virginia, the Motorcraft Ford of Bud Moore. Seventh in the field, Lake Speed of Jackson, Mississippi, the Nationwide Auto Pontiac. Sixth, Rusty Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri, in the Allugard Pontiac. The fifth starter, Ron Bouchard of Fitchburg, Massachusetts, in the Valvoline Mike Curb Pontiac. The fourth starter is Bobby Hillen, Jr. of Midland, Texas, the Miller American Buick. Darrell Waltrip starts from third position this afternoon from Franklin, Tennessee, the Budweiser Chevrolet. Front row has Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas in the Piedmont Airlines Oldsmobile, and Jeff Modine of Chemung, New York in the Levi Garrett Chevrolet is on the pole. The tape voice of Ray Melton giving the command that he did hundreds and hundreds of times at racetracks around the country. Nobody said it quite like he did. As we said in Daytona last week, he was truly one of a kind. Looks like all 31 engines have fired down on pit road. The Pontiac safety car leads the field around on the first pace lap. We'll be right back for the start. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. 
Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. We're under green, and the Miller 400 is underway. Jeff Bodine on the break gets a jump on Terry Labonte and makes it single file as they work into turns one and two and off the corner. Back to the third place, Bobby Hillen Jr. rides single file there in three. Bobby's got the third spot, the battle for fourth, won by Rusty Wallace, who'll take the outside and cut down in on Waltrip, who is fifth, Bouchard sixth, Lake Speed is seventh. Doug Heveron very slow on the break, and that splits the field into two packs. They are now pretty much single file as they get down into turn number one. Mike Waltrip also losing a few spots as the leaders come out of two. Behind seventh place, you've got Ricky Rudden, eighth, Earnhardt going ninth, Bill Elliott is tenth, Kyle Petty eleventh, the front two Cars have a car length and a half on third place, Bobby Hillen in three. Probably see single file racing at least for the first ten laps until they feel this racetrack out, exactly what it's going to do here this afternoon because there was an awful lot of dirt and mud on the track that they simply could not wash off. The only way they'll get it off is for the cars to wear it off here in the early going. Bodine takes them back to turn three. And again, he'll take from the middle of the back stretch a low groove through turns three and four. He'll, everybody follows right through behind him and nobody gets out of line. Rusty Wallace had a look underneath Bob Hill and Wallace is fourth. Hill and his third. Nothing there this time around as the lead two cars are beginning to run away. One car coming by us, the driver with his hand in the air, Eddie Beerswall, who started car number 48, not his own car. He'll head to the pit area as the front two cars, Bodine and Levante, pull away. Field strings out very quickly as the front two come off turn four, back to third place now. The interval is stretched about 100 feet to Bobby Hillen. Then it's Rusty Wallace, then Darrell Waltrip and Ron Bouchard running in that order. It's single file all the way back to the tail end of the field, and we won't watch that much longer because very shortly somebody will start moving to the front. It's Rusty Wallace who tries to make the bid going in a three on Bobby Hillen. Hillen kicks to the outside. Rusty tries low. Wallace is better getting off the corner, but Hillen is able to hold him off coming into the turn. That's the way it is down at the turn one and two end of the speedway. Wallace may try that move again as he lines up for an attack on the Miller machine. Of course, right behind Rusty is Darrell Waltrip who also tries the inside groove. Waltrip makes the quick start. He'll dive inside of Wallace, but Rusty covers the low spot again in turn three. Most of the passing you see on this racetrack, the driver tries to do it coming off the corner to get inside and heading for the next corner. That's exactly what Waltrip is doing as he is about to take over fourth place down in the north end of the speedway. He gets underneath Rusty Wallace and Wallace is going to get kicked all the way back to about seventh spot. The world gets underneath Rusty Wallace. Bouchard, late speed. Now Ricky Rudd and Dale Earnhardt. Here comes Bill Elliott. Wallace can't get back in line. Rusty so busy racing Bobby Hillen for third spot. Forgot about the guys that were trying to take fourth away from him and he's now lost six positions and he's at Kyle Petty bang a bit as they go down into one. Meanwhile the front two cars continue to pull off. Bodine has some ten car lanes on Labonte who has a dozen car lanes. Trouble in turn one as Trevor Boy spins around and he pins young Kirk Bryant up against the guardrail. Buddy Arrington is in it as well and caution will come out for the first time today. Mike Waldrop limps away from that accident scene down in turn number two. Arrington pulls away and it is only the DK Ulrich car, the number six machine for Trevor Boys of Canada that sits against the guardrail now at turn two. Napa! 
Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shins that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. We'll go back to green this time around. It'll be a single-file restart. Jeff Bodine is the leader. Labonte is right behind him. Then Bobby Hillen Jr., then Darrell Waltrip, then Ron Bouchard back in the fifth place. Sixth is Lake Speed. Seventh is Ricky Rudd as the pace car is on pit road. Harold Kinder waves the green. They'll go back to business as usual. Single file back into turn number one. Jeff Bodine strong on the restart. Again, he pulls away. And trouble. trouble in turn one as Lake Speed goes out of shape going into the corner, slams into the wall, and Ricky Rudd gets up in the loose dirt, dirt and almost hit the wall also. But Lake has come to rest against the guardrail down in turn number one, and caution comes right back onto the speedway for the second time. Let's go to Jerry Punch as they continue to work on Kirk Bryant's car as a result of the first caution flag. Mike, the toe-in has been out on the right of front of, of Kirk Bryant's car. His dad, Daryl Bryant, the crew chief of the Spectrum Furniture Pontiac, trying to get it turned back in. Looks like he hit mostly on the right front and bent some of the lower control areas. They're trying to straighten it as Trevor Boyce now brings the car number six back up pit road. He will head for the garage area. Both Lake Speed and Ricky Rudd started in the fourth row by virtue of their Daytona 500 finishes. And Speed's car now comes around the speedway trying to stay on the lead lap. He may have already gone a lap down as the field came past once again. Mike, uh, there's a good bit of uh, sheet metal damage both to the left front and the left rear of the nationwide Pontiac of Lake Speed, but he is catching up to the field before he comes into the pits. Ned, one thing that is making that track extremely slippery up in the corners was the fact that normally they'll put in a couple of hundred laps of practice in two days here, plus the qualifying, and we'll put more rubber down in the corners and make those cars work a lot better through the turns. All that is absent today, so you're really going to have to tiptoe through both ends of this speedway for a while. You really are, Barney. It's going to be uh, extremely slick, and it doesn't seem that the asphalt here will shed the water, the moisture, as much as some other tracks. Of course, this time of the year, it just doesn't do that anyway. Lake Speed comes down pit road. But we are going to be seeing some moisture coming out of that asphalt for the next 100 laps or so here. And, yes, they're going to have to tiptoe because it's going to be a very slippery. Plus the fact, as we mentioned earlier in the broadcast, many of them didn't get a chance to get their chassis set up the way that they would like to, to know exactly, since this is the first race of the year, exactly what they want. It will be one lap to go, and it will be a single-file restart behind the safety car. Bodine, Terry Labonte, Bobby Hill, and Darrell Walsh of the front four. Then Bouchard, Earnhardt, Elliott, and Kyle Petty. Then Phil Parsons, Tommy Ellis, Rusty Wallace, and Tim Richmond. Lake Speed has gone a lap down. They're working on the left side, pulling the sheet metal away from the tires. Now he rolls off a pit road, but he has gone a lap down. And Mike, a quick observation on Richard Petty's driving style with that injured right shoulder. If you'd picture the steering wheel like the face of a clock, Richard's right hand is at the four o'clock marking, and he's driving basically with the left hand as he's uh, near the top of the clock. Field working their way down the back straightaway, getting ready to go back to green. 
So far, it has been pretty much single file racing, except for a couple of times on that last restart. When back in the pack, we saw some moves being made door to door in the corners. And as they put a little more rubber in the turns, the car gets a little better bite. We'll see some of the hard-nosed racing that is so familiar here at Fairgrounds Raceway. Harold Kinder waves the green. Bodine takes him back to turn one. Still riding along in second, it is Terry Labonte. It'll be single file back through the top 15 as they work right down at the bottom of the racetrack and into the backstretch. And as they come off turn number two, the track just throws them towards the outside until back in fifth place. Bouchard and Earnhardt get together with Waltrip. Bouchard and Waltrip spin. So, too, does car number six and a host of cars. We've got a dozen cars in the corner of turn three. Somebody had to lose a motor or something going down into turn number three. Barney looked as if it got so slick and everybody piled in there, and unless the track just really is that slippery. The track is very slick, and the, the drivers knew that when they started the race this afternoon. That's the one thing everybody was kind of dreading was that they would start racing door-to-door, -door, really getting with the program early. Ron Bouchard came in trying to get underneath, and it looked like the rear end of his car broke loose, and from there on back, half the field is involved in it. Bill Elliott's car is sitting up on the guardrail over in turn number four. Let's go back to Eli Gold. Elliott's car is as you described it. Ricky Rudd's car, the front end, totally dumped in. Phil Parsons trying to climb from his car. Richard Petty now moving away from the scene where his car was up against the outside retaining wall. Ron Bouchard got together at the outset going into turn three with Waltrip and Earnhardt. Just basic racing. They were all going for the same spot. Along came Harry Gant's car, Tim Richmond's car, then Ricky Rudd, Bill Elliott, Phil Parsons and Richard Petty, and the racetrack just closed up in a heartbeat. There were a good dozen cars involved there at the very beginning of the incident. Now all but three have moved aside. Again, Bill Elliott, Ricky Rudd, and Phil Parsons' cars all still here in turn number three. Everybody else has moved away, but extensive damage on most of those cars. It is the biggest jam session of the season in all. Eleven cars were involved. Add Greg Sachs and Tommy Ellis. Uh, to that list. Rusty Wallace was in it as well. Does not appear as if anyone was injured. Eli, looks like everybody's gotten out of their cars. Uh, that's uh, correct in most instances. I'm checking through the Ricky Rudd car, and it's crinkled up a bit, so I have a difficult time off the reflection of that rear glass seeing Ricky, but otherwise uh, everybody else seems to be moving away okay. Eli, and Ricky now Ricky is climbing out of his car. Let me update that. Yeah, Ricky Rudd climbing out of the car, down toward us at the far end of the garage area. Bill Elliott is out of his car, walking back across uh, the track to the edge here, looking at surveying the damage. You may also add Tim Richmond was involved in that accident. He came by me here at the far end of pit road. The left front tire was smoking, rubbing against the fender as he got the fender crushed in against his car. So a lot of debris and dirt. A lot of carnage up here in turn four. One other driver we should add also, Joe Rutman now comes by in the Quaker State Buick. L looks like somebody took a can opener to the right rear of that car. Let's go to pit road. Ron Bouchard has brought the Valvoline car into the uh, back behind pit. Well, Ron, what happened over there? I was down under Darrell, up to his door, and I don't know if he didn't see me or what, but we hit together and we both spun around. Okay, and there's a lot of damage done to this Pontiac. They have it back here trying to make repairs. This is the second time in two days that they've really had to work this car over. Rusty Wallace is in in the Allugard Pontiac. Damage to the left rear quarter panel on it. They're staying out on pit road to repair that damage. Lake Speed had pulled his car behind pit wall, and they're working on that other accident. Let's see. Lake, what happened to you when you went in that turn? Just, you can't stick on the outside groove. It's just so loose. I just, you know, Ricky got underneath me and tried to go around the corner. And just no traction, you know, just away from you went. Okay, they're trying to get him back to going, but Barney, I'll tell you, it's, it is slick out there. And Barney, I have Ricky right with me now. Ricky, what, uh, boy, it was wild up there. What happened up there? I couldn't tell when I got there. There was nowhere to go. Somebody hit me in the back, shoved me in it. I, 
Well, Ricky here talking to the crew. His motorcraft forward is heavily damaged. We're up here now where we can see the car, and it's the front end is pushed down some foot and a half and back in about two feet. That car will have to have a new front section. Mike, it's unusual to see Dale Earnhardt almost halfway out of the car, cleaning the windshield on the Wrangler machine as he came down the straightaway. He's been doing that for a couple of laps to get some visibility out of it. Well, he didn't want to lose his spot, Barney, so he was sitting up there on the door sill, steering with one hand and, and wiping the windshield with the other. NASCAR officials just admonished Richard Childress and the team that they're not going to put up with any more of that, and if they want to clean the windshield, they can pull in on pit road and do so. Jerry Punch is with Bill Elliott. Bill has climbed out of the course Ford. Bill, uh, first of all, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. You know, just mistakes like that cost me a race car. What happened up there? We didn't really see what went on. Well, Bouchard tried to make a move on Darrell and run in the dirt on the backside and sprayed mud all over the racetrack. And I come in the corner and hit it and then just go straight in the wall. Your car is sitting up on the guardrail trying to lift it off. Uh, how Could you survey the damage? How bad is the car hurt? It's tore up pretty bad. Sorry to see you out of it. Oh, yeah, that's the way it goes. Darrell Waltrip just made a pit stop to repair some of that damage. Ned is there. To the car, Mike, but certainly not enough that it would keep him from going. They've been coming in about every lap during the caution and making a few repairs, changing tires and making adjustments, getting sheet metal away from tires. But he uh, has, according to their calculations here in the pits, has remained in the lead lap in the Budweiser's Junior Johnson Chevrolet. So he's, uh, he hopes he's in good shape. Well, less than 23 laps into the event. In fact, we're working the 23rd lap right now, and already we've had three caution flags, this latest one involving an awful lot of cars. Again, Ron Bouchard, Darrell Waltrip, Dale Earnhardt, Tim Richmond, Lake Speed, Ricky Rudd, Tommy Ellis, Joe Rutman, Rusty Wallace, Richard Petty, Phil Parsons, and, of course, the Bouchard car. They're working on Richard's car on pit road, but it looks like a couple of cars that will definitely be out of it for the afternoon, that of Bill Elliott and Phil Parsons, and possibly a couple of others as they continue to make repairs and try to get them back in there. Marty, I've caught up with Phil Parsons. His car, probably the heaviest of all the damaged cars up in turn three, and Phil, both the front and rear of your cars are gone. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine, Jerry. What did, what did you see up there? It looked like every car was spinning around. Somebody got sideways in front of me and was headed towards the wall, and I backed off the throttle, and Tommy Ellis ran through the infield to hit me and knock me up in the wall, and then somebody hit me from behind. I, I think I could have missed it, no problem, but he, Ellis ran through the infield and knocked me into the wall. Well, Barney, Phil Parsons will park it here at Richmond. We'll be right back to Richmond. This is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. We're under green again, and Jeff Bodine again comes up through that gearbox in a hurry and just accelerates away by six or eight car lengths on the rest of the field. Labonte hangs on there. He's five car lengths back now as they work traffic, double file restart, and Waltrip is going back through the field. All is not well there. They're in turn three. Darrell, Lake Speed, and the others who are a lap down are now running at about sixth in line as the field tiptoes through turn three and four here on the restart. Earnhardt's not tiptoeing. He got underneath and into the side of Bobby Hillen. The two cars clanged together, and it took Hillen all the way to the start finish line to get back under control but Earnhardt moves up to third and at the same time Dale has put some five to six car lanes on Hillen almost the same margin that the leader Bodine has on second place Levante and now third place Earnhardt but the man they're chasing is Jeff Bodine already he has put some daylight between himself second and third and the rest of the field about a half of a straightaway on Terry Levante right now as they chase him back into the north end of the track up in turns one and two some of the drivers at the tail end of the pack have picked off some positions and are working well looks like the Alu guard car of Rusty Wallace is still running good despite the fact that they made several pit stops and did a lot of repair work. Leaders are off four. 
Earnhardt tries Labonte this time. Makes a clean pass. Leaves two or three feet between those two cars. Labonte may have had an eye in the rearview mirror a lap or two ago, but he lets Earnhardt pass, and Dale Earnhardt takes his Richard Childress machine after the leader. So Labonte is now back to third. Bobby Hillen is fourth. Then come three lapped cars before you find fifth place Bobby Allison, sixth place Neil Bonnet, and seventh place Davey Allison. Quite a bit of smoke off Trevor Boy's car as he is back on the racetrack also. He is slowing down again in the back straightaway. Very shortly, if he comes back around, I'm sure the NASCAR officials will likely black flag the car. They won't have to because he's going on to pit road right now. And trouble in turn number two as one car spins going off the corner and out against the wall. It is Davey Allison's machine. No caution on the racetrack because he just did a complete 360, put it in a straight line, and now is in front of Eli Gold. He is continuing along. There is no visible damage to the automobile. He gets back in line behind Bouchard and ahead of J.D. McDuffie. Field out of turn two. Meanwhile, it's still Jeff Bodine showing the way, but Dale Earnhardt's coming in a quick heartbeat here. He is within three and a half to four car lanes of the leader, and Bobby Hillen still eight further lap, uh, car lanes rather behind Earnhardt. Just about everybody in the garage, at least all the Winston Cup competitors, felt the man to beat today would be Dale Earnhardt. It's his kind of racetrack. He likes the hard-nosed racing. Richard Childress and that team have been very good on the short tracks all last year, and despite the fact they didn't get that much practice, Earnhardt said here on Friday afternoon if it rained all weekend and they didn't get any, he'd be ready to go on Sunday, and apparently what he said is exactly right. He's trying to chase down Jeff Bodine, the leader, and he's within about a second and a half of doing it back in the north end of the speedway down in turns one and two. The interval shortens up a little bit more as they head up to turn three. It's some two and a half car lanes now from Bodine back to Earnhardt and a good dozen car lanes, if not more, back to Bobby Hillen in third, Labonte in fourth, and then further back to fifth place, Bobby Allison. Well, they're about to pick up right where they left off one week ago. Bodine and Earnhardt battling for the lead here at Richmond on the short track. Richard Petty's back in the race. He's many laps down. Took a while to get out of the garage area. And the STP Pontiac is rolling along rather slowly toward the back of the field. We've completed 43 laps here at Richmond Raceway. Bodine the leader. Earnhardt second. Hillen is third. Labonte's fourth. In the fifth spot, we look back, believe that's Greg Sachs just ahead of Bobby Allison should be Sachs' car. They were still posting 16 on the lead lap after that restart there just a moment ago. 44 laps have come up on the board, and already about half the field is showing sheet metal damage here this afternoon. If you joined our broadcast a little late, about 13 cars involved in a pileup here a few laps ago over in turn number three. Again, the cars that it has eliminated for the day. Bill Elliott is out. Phil Parsons, Tim Richmond, Tommy Ellis is still behind the wall. They're working on his car. Trevor Boys and Ricky Rudd are some of the machines that have retired for the day. Let's bring it a little further back in that field and make a correction. Greg Sachs is reported six laps down, so score Bobby Allison. Uh, in that position, that would be position number six. Right behind him, Neil Bonnet would be seventh. Ken Schrader is the eighth place car. In ninth now would be Dave Marcus. And back in tenth, well, <laughs> right now it's anybody's guess. There were 16 cars on the lead lap. I'd put Rusty Wallace in the 10th spot. He's been running good despite the fact, as we said, he made a lot of pit stops and they kept working on the car to get it back. He's running about as strong as anybody, and the car is really sticking at the bottom of the racetrack for him down in both ends of the speedway. He has his hands full right now with Ron Bouchard, although Bouchard is far back in the field, many, many laps down in turn three. Meanwhile, Richard Petty's car skitters up towards the outside retaining wall, coming off turn number two. He gathers the automobile back in, but he'll limp that STP Pontiac down the back stretch as the leaders go by, and the leaders have caught the tail end of the field in turn three. Meanwhile, Waltrip's trying to make the move underneath Labonte's car. Darrell at least a lap down as Richard Petty comes back onto pit road, but he's trying to gain his way back to the front of the field, and Ned Darrell's car looks like it's running a little better now than when they dropped the green flag for that restart. Yes, uh, whatever it was, uh, Mike, that was not to his liking, it has 
has picked up a little bit now and is working better on the inside of the racetrack. The two front runners are having to work the tail end of the field and get around some lap traffic here this afternoon. Earnhardt looking for a way to get around Jeff Bodine, and if he finds it, he's going to take the opening here in just a moment. As again, they chase traffic down in turns one and two, no place to go for the moment. Both those cars extremely strong. Earnhardt tapped him a little bit going off the number two corner that time. Dale gathers it back in, though, as both he and Bodine negotiate around Michael Waltrip. Those two cars, the leaders, getting off turn two so well. The two front runners trying to pull away from everyone else, and they put a little daylight on the third-place car, Bobby Hillen, almost three seconds back to his position right now as they work traffic in the back straightaway. Looks like Tim Richmond's car may be coming back onto the speedway. Let's go to Jerry Punch. Marty, Harry Hyde, the Folgers crew working on Tim Richmond's car, still on pit road, and right in front of that car is a cluster of cars of angled machinery are being worked on behind pit wall is Trevor Boys. And Trevor, it's been a rough start for you today. That's a bad way to start off a race or start off a day. Uh, it's unfortunate the weather condition, everything got the track in this kind of condition, and uh, it's looking like a wrecking yard so far, but hopefully the rubber will get laid down. Trouble right in the middle of the front straightaway. Kirk Bryant loops it, hits the wall, smacks the inside guardrail, carries it on down into turn number one with a lot of sheet metal damage on his car, and caution is on the speedway again. Four yellow flags in less than 60 laps here this afternoon as Kirk Bryant has slammed the guardrail right here in the front straightaway. He will continue on around the racetrack, but he will definitely be back on pit road for some damage repair here in just a moment. Barney Hall, uh, Bill Elliott is bringing the Coors Ford back out. We thought he was going to be out of it completely. They've made repairs on that car, so they're getting him back out there. Dave Marcus, former winner here at Richmond Fairgrounds Raceway, is being posted as a leader. Good run for Jimmy Means this afternoon. He's currently being shown in the second place right behind leader Dave Marcus, along with the 7 car, the 711 machine of Kyle Petty. That's the top three. From Fairgrounds Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Add Harry Gant's Skull Bandit to the list of cars that have called it a day here at Fairgrounds Raceway. Whether they'll try to get him back in or not, we'll find out from Jerry Punt here in just a moment. We're set to go back to green with Dave Marcus leading the pack over in turn three. A two-time winner here. He won the 1971 Richmond 500 from starting in the 28th position. Dave Marcus with Jimmy Means, Kyle Petty, Bobby Allison, and Neil Bonnet, the front five as we go back to racing. Darrell Waltrip's down to the inside, a lap down. He's going to try and get his lap back on this restart, but he won't be able to do it with Marcus. Well, Willie, he's going to chase him down into turn number one there, door to door. Some hard-nosed racing going on there as Marcus pulls him off the corner. The Heaven Race special for Dave Marcus, he's got the outside groove. Waltrip takes the inside, and he'll outmaneuver Marcus into turn number three. So Darrow gets a lap back as Marcus still leads the event. That will put Waltrip back on the lead lap, according to NASCAR competition director Bill Gazaway. Marcus and Jimmy Means. Now Means comes to the inside of Marcus. He's going to try and take the lead again as they run out of turn two. The Broadway Motors car has to stay in single file formation as both Waltrip and Lake Speed are now directly ahead of the race leader, Marcus. Sterling, or excuse me, Jimmy Means is now second. Bobby Allison in traffic is third. Good run for Jimmy Means here this afternoon. He's been holding his own right up in the front of the pack all afternoon. Currently is posted right up there in that Broadway Motors machine in the second position. A little further back, here comes Bobby Allison in third. Neil Bonnet gives him a little gentle shove off turn number two. He wants that spot. Neil needs to get going because Dale Earnhardt's closed up on Neil Bonnet's rear deck lid. Then comes the Ron Bouchard car, a number of laps down, followed by Kyle Petty and Jeff Bodine. With the field single file for a moment, let's go to the garage. Harry Yen has parked the Skull Bandit Chevrolet. And Harry, uh, what puts you out of it? Well, we uh, busted bomb the radiator out. The engine got hot and it blew the engine. Well, Harry having to park there. He's heavy into a bologna sandwich right now, trying to change clothes back here in the truck, and we'll let him go. 
Tough break for Harry Gadd as battling up toward the front of the field continues. Jimmy Means loses a spot to Greg Sachs. Sachs, though, is six laps in arrears to the race leader. That's Dave Marcus out of turn two. Dave Marcus tries to get by Lake Speed, who is also not on the lead lap, but Dave decides to stay right behind Lake Speed as Marcus has put nearly a third of the back straightaway of a distance between himself and second place Jimmy Means. Terry Labonte is on that lead lap, and he's been up in the thick of things, but right now he's caught back about 10th or 11th spot in heavy traffic. He's been trying to work his way out of there, but he's in no hurry. He's not about to put himself in a position to spin that car out and watch it go skittering into the wall and eliminate any chance he has to win here this afternoon. So Labonte, for the moment, is just content to run single file. The leader is in the back straightaway. It is Dave Marcus. He's in turn three. He's got the lead still over Jimmy Means, Bobby Allison third, Earnhardt fourth, Neil Bonnet fifth, Bodine sixth, Kyle Petty seventh, and Bobby Hillen Jr. eighth. Say the best drives being turned in right now are those of Kyle Petty, Hillen, and Terry Labonte just trying to stay out of trouble and ride these first hundred or so laps. Dave Marcus's car has slowed dramatically on the backstretch. Marcus comes off turn number two. He is indeed snaking that car back and forth. He's got his hand in the air, signifying everybody else to go by him. The lead is now inherited by Jimmy Means. And he'll be going to the pits in that Helen Ray special. We'll get the story there as soon as our reporters can find out what the problem is on Dave Marcus's car. Jimmy Means leads the Miller 400 here this afternoon. And I think every fan in the stands will be pulling for this young independent driver. He's been around a long, long time, and he is running extremely well. Now, they have took a couple of shots at him, haven't been able to do anything with him. Bobby Allison will be the next man to put a little heat on him as they work out of turn number four. Right behind Allison in third spot is Earnhardt, and he's going after Bobby Allison for the number two spot. Down in turn number one, they're door to door. Let's see if they'll get through the corner. So far, they have. And here comes Bodine. He's about to move under Allison also. So Earnhardt takes over second. Bodine, using the inside groove, has third. The fourth place battle is the Huey Town hustle. Neil Bonnet to the inside of Bobby Allison on off the corner. Good battle for fourth spot, and what a tremendous run this is for Jimmy Means. The car is unsponsored here. He had down the hatch restaurants and our local affiliate, WNDB, sponsoring him at Daytona, but he's come up here without a major deal on the car, and he's running that car in the front of the field. Here comes Earnhardt. He's got a handful now. Jimmy Means does. Earnhardt makes the move to the inside groove, entering three. Means car kicks to the outside. Earnhardt leads it. Means a second. Good piece of driving for Jimmy Means, despite the fact that he's lost the lead because Bodine was about to sneak underneath him, too, and Jimmy just moved down to the bottom of the racetrack and shut him down for the moment and will hang on to the number two position. Let's go to pit road. Barney Dave Marcus made an unscheduled stop. He cut a left rear tire down on the Helen Ray Chevrolet. They came in, changed left side tires in 14 and 3 tenths seconds, but he lost a lap under green. Jeff Bodine moves underneath the Jimmy Means car and Bodine will move up into the second spot. Here comes Neil Bonnet. He's chasing third as he and Means go into turn number one side by side with Neil on the bottom of the racetrack. Neil stays right there alongside the Jimmy Means car. Then coming off the corner, it's still a drag race between those two. Out accelerating Jimmy Means, however, is Neil Bonnet to turn three. Neil grabs the spot. Means covers it quickly before Kyle Petty can get by. Earnhardt and Greg Sachs tag a little bit coming through the corner. You can't really tell it on Sachs's car because about a third of it is missing anyway. But Earnhardt moves around him, scoots on up. Now Sachs is at least seven or eight laps behind. But closing the interval on Dale Earnhardt right now. Here comes Jeff Bodine trying to chase him down. The interval is now shrink down to what? About four car lengths. Just about as they come off turn number four, Sachs will give his old New England modified running mate a hard time, and Bodine is having trouble getting by. He's trying to make the pass on the high side. Not too many people have been able to do that this afternoon. Earnhardt leads Jeff Bodine, Neil Bonnet, Kyle Petty, and Jimmy Means, the front five, here at Richmond after 78 laps. We're back at the Miller 400 here in Richmond, Virginia. Dale Earnhardt currently is the leader. A moment ago, Jeff Bodine was right up on his bumper within a car length or so of chasing him down. Now that the interval is almost a straightaway between those two. 
It's about another half a straightaway back to Neil Bonnet, the third place car, and a couple of car lengths back from Neil. The fourth place machine is Kyle Petty. Some of the strong runners back in the field that are having a problem and getting back up to the front now. Bobby Allison is dropping back in traffic. There's a good battle between Joe Rutman as he works into turn number three. Rutman has the inside groove on Bobby Hillen Jr. and the Quaker State Buick goes by Hillen off the corner. Hillen had been giving Bobby Allison quite a time a couple of laps ago, his Miller teammate. And Hillen, as we said, is having a real good run here today. Rutman just went past him, but uh, I guess Joe is posted still on the lead lap despite a lot of body damage to the Quaker State machine. Kenny Bernstein, his car owner, is from drag racing, where they don't tear up cars like this so often, or at least not every week. They got quite a lesson in accelerated depreciation last Sunday at Daytona and again here today at Richmond. Yeah, that right rear fender has gone to the junkyard or somewhere. It's gone, that's for sure. Barney, while uh, Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt were coming back up through the pack, you mentioned that Darrell Waltrip had moved around the leader at that time, Dave Marcus, and got back in the lead lap. Since then, he has pulled away by more than a half a lap. As a matter of fact, he's coming up on Terry Labonte and some of those that are back in the field, so he's going to start gaining some position before too long. He and Earnhardt are the fastest cars on the racetrack right now. The way he's getting around here, he definitely probably has the fastest car, Ned, because he's kind of passing him where he catches him here this afternoon, but that's a trademark of the Junior Johnson team. Labonte is in trouble and turns one and two, gets way up against the guardrail, keeps the car straight, but he is way off the pace, might have cut a tire down. Terry comes by us now, and the right side tires, the right front tire looks to be bouncing around just a bit, so Terry Labonte hard on the brakes. He'll be bringing it down pit road as the leader is Dale Earnhardt putting a lap on Labonte now off turn four. Right front is down on Labonte's car as he comes down pit road. Steve Hamill and the crew have the pit board up and they'll be ready to service that car. Tough break having to make a pit stop under green because Barney, you lose a lap here just so easily. You can lose one here if you come on pit road at green caution or anything else. It's just awfully easy to get lapped here at Fairgrounds Raceway and it's awfully hard to make it up. We're only 89 laps into the event this afternoon, the Miller 400. We have already worked the fourth caution flag of the day, the latest one coming out a few minutes ago when Kirk Bryant hit the guardrail here in the front straightaway. The attrition rate, it has been high, not so much with blown engines and everything, but just torn up and wrecked sheet metal in the corners. As Labonte gets away and goes back onto the speedway, he's going to lose at least a lap and possibly two. Barney, according to my calculations, he did go two laps down. So Labonte has his work cut out for him. Bill Elliott involved in one of the crashes here this afternoon spent a lot of time in the garage area but now has gone back onto the racetrack the cars that are out phil parsons tim richmond spent some time back there also working on his car tommy ellis is still back in behind pit wall they're working on his machine trevor boys ricky rudd and harry gant are out of the event rusty wallace will tell you this is one of the easiest places on this circuit to lose a lap just racing no it's very easy to get lapped in this racetrack if you get just a little bit out of shape and your car's just not handling right uh, it's a short period of time 21 seconds all it takes to go around a place and uh, that a period of time you can get lapped really quickly it's happened to several of those cars today but most of it barney as you said because of the crash damage and people spending time either on pit road or behind the pit wall Trevor Boys moves up and lets some of the front runners go by down in the north end of the track. The leader, Dale Earnhardt, just having everything his way here this afternoon as he works around this racetrack. His car is sticking right at the bottom of the speedway, and that's been his strong suit. But again, as Ned Jarrett pointed out a moment ago, when you put the clock on Darrell Waltrip, he is working his way back to the front, and right now, no doubt, has the fastest car on the speedway. Waltrip's in traffic, trying to move around Dave Marcus down in turn number one. Neil Bonnet's having a good run here this afternoon also. He likes this racetrack. I think he won his first Winston Cup event here at Fairgrounds Raceway some years ago, and 
He's expecting great things up there this year as the second car out of Junior Johnson's shop. They had some pretty good runs last year, and they had some races that did not go their way. They had little team problems between himself and T Tim Brewer. Some of the things got kind of written up in the paper that made some bad feelings between them, but he says this year everything looks the best that it has been since he's been in stock car racing. Barney's a long time since 1976, and Bonnet came here as a relief driver for Bobby Allison, who'd been injured at Rockingham the week before, and had borrowed one of Allison's suits and had Neil Who written on the over the breast pocket in duct tape. He's come a long way. Hard charger, and I talked with him about that yesterday as he's working his way to the front of the pack here this afternoon. You're in a car now that can win a race almost every time you go out there. Is it hard to contain yourself and get away from that old charging style where you maybe used to hit the wall a few times when you didn't need to? Yeah, they've, uh, I, I think I can control it some right now. Where I used to, I just bend the throttle on the floor and run down. I hit something and turn left. But uh, at Daytona, I, nobody knew how good a car I had at Daytona. I was disciplined myself. I come up there, I took the lead. I led the race, led the race. And then when we got down, then I went back to like I had to. I went back trying to make up time, and the car would just storm to the front every time. Uh, my problem is I can discipline myself, but if I'm not careful, I'll get to racing and having a good time, and I'll go back to that old style. So what I'm working on right now is trying to do what it takes to win races, and that's to ease up there and win those things. And when it's required to beat and bang and shovel, I'll just get up in there right in there with them. But the discipline is the key to racing right now may be the key here today if there's anything left at the end of 400 laps. Tommy Ellis is back on the racetrack. They've repaired the Friedlander Financial Services car as Waltrip continues his march up through the pack. He's well, now, go right ahead, now, Mike Joy, uh, Dale Earnhardt is gaining on him for a while. Waltrip was pulling away. Of course, Waltrip has run in some awfully heavy traffic that Earnhardt is about to run into, but uh, he has cut that margin down some now, but Waltrip is still in the lead lap. Waltrip a moment ago moved around Dave Marcus, Greg Sachs, and the Davy Allison machine. Earnhardt, though, is just about 10 or 15 car lengths behind him, but in those 10 or 15 car lengths, there are five lapped cars. Waltrip moves around Trevor Boys as he goes back down into turn number one, but the leader is going to be there shortly. It's no big surprise they're chasing Dale Earnhardt here at Fairgrounds Raceway in the Miller 400 this afternoon. It's turned out to be a beautiful day, plenty of sunshine, but it's very cool here at the racetrack, probably up in the high 40s, and they said it would go to about 50 this afternoon. Here's Earnhardt out of turn number four, has a healthy lead on the rest of the field right now. Jeff Bodine is a second-place car, a full straightaway, back to Bodine. In third place now, they're posting Neil Bonnet. Fourth would be Kyle Petty. Joe Rutman's car currently is fifth. A lot of sheet metal damage on that car. The entire right rear fender is gone, but Rutman is still in the lead lap and having a good run here this afternoon. The Quaker State machine showing in fifth position. Bobby Hillen right in the thick of things. Good run for this youngster. He is sixth. The seventh place car right now, Rusty Wallace. In eighth is Bobby Allison. Ninth is Kenny Schrader. And back in tenth, Darrell Waltrip will be the last car on the lead lap. Dave Marcus, 11th, and Davey Allison, 12th, are one lap behind. Two laps off the pace. Uh, Doug Hevron, who's driving Elmo Langley's car this afternoon. Terry Labonte is two laps down after that stop for a flat tire. Likewise, Mike Waltrip and Buddy Arrington two laps back. Last update on the True Value Hard Charger Award. That's points given to drivers in positions one through five on every lap. Jeff Bodine at the head of that pack. Labonte, Hillen, Earnhardt, and Waltrip, just the way they ran most of the first 50 laps. Well, the field is pretty well stabilized for the moment. We'll kind of recap if you join our broadcast what happened earlier this afternoon. The first caution came out in a hurry on lap number eight when Trevor Boyes spun down in turn number two, collected up Buddy Arrington and Mike Waltrip and Kurt Bryant and Trevor Boyes in that melee down there. Second caution came out just a few laps later on 14 when Lake Speed spun coming into turn number one. He and Ricky Rudd got together a little bit. Rudd's car tagged the wall, didn't do all that much damage. Then the third one that really eliminated some machines here came out on lap number 18. 
over in turn number three, and that involved Ron Bouchard, Darrell Waltrip, Dale Earnhardt, Tim Richmond, Ricky Rudd, Lake Speed, Ron Bouchard, Phil Parsons, Richard Petty, Rusty Wallace, Joe Rutman, and Tommy Ellis. Now, Tommy Ellis' car a moment ago is gone back onto the speedway. He is 80 laps down. Bill Elliott spent a lot of time in the garage, and the latest rundown we had from scoring indicated that Elliott was 40 laps behind. Good battle for eighth spot as they come out of turn number two. Allison and Waltrip, the old combatants for the Winston Cup, going at it for eighth spot. Bobby Allison has the edge for the moment coming off the corner, and they'll settle single file towards turn three. It's Allison, then Waltrip, and the many laps down, Tommy Ellis. About to have close company is Earnhardt, who has just lapped Ken Schrader to put just nine cars in the lead lap. Earnhardt is coming up on that eighth place battle. It's still Allison, Waltrip, Ellis trying to play the sport a roll and then Earnhardt in turn two. Earnhardt being forced to the high side by Tommy Ellis, and that's how they'll come off the number two corner. Single file now. Ellis moves to the inside. It's an opportunity for Earnhardt to get by if he can make it work up high. Here comes Dale up on the high side of Tommy Ellis. Ellis, the Richmond short track star, keeps his car low on the racetrack. Harold Kinder's working the passing flag, but neither Allison or Waltrip wants to move over, fearful of losing a spot to the other. So as they come off turn number two, they'll have some three cars worth of race traffic ahead of them shortly. It's still Allison and Waltrip. Kirk Bryant covers the inside groove. So now as Earnhardt gets by Tommy Ellis, he's got those two cars ahead of him to chase down. Earnhardt is working traffic extremely well here this afternoon. That's a driver that has learned in the last couple of years that you can't win a race the first hundred laps or whatever. He has kind of mellowed out in one way, but then again, when it comes time to push and shove, he'll do it with the best of them. And he predicted here yesterday afternoon that there would be a lot of bent sheet metal before the day was over. Well, it's going to get there with a slow car bump. Sure, you bump into somebody else. Uh, you try to run a good, clean race and run, you know, race hard all day, but you get down side by side and racing with a guy for the lead close to the end of the race, you know. Uh, you can't hardly run around here side by side wide open you know, like we do and uh, not get together a little bit. A little bit is putting it mildly here this afternoon. Jimmy Means, on the latest rundown from scoring, has dropped back to 11th position. He is one lap down now, but he had quite a moment of glory here early this afternoon when he led several laps on the restart and held off some of the best in the business there for several turns around this racetrack. But he currently has gone a lap down, will be back in 11th position, dropping Dave Marcus back to 12th and Davey Allison back to 13th. Earnhardt had a shot to lap Waltrip in front of Eli. Couldn't quite make the pass to the outside as they came up on some race traffic, but Mike, the factor here again race traffic that's what got Darrell Waltrip back to within uh, catching distance for Earnhardt because as we well documented Waltrip had himself nearly three quarters of a lap to get back around towards the leaders here they come again off turn number two and this time Earnhardt elects to follow the tire tracks of Waltrip and Bobby Allison through three and four the fans are going to watch that one for a lap or two because they know Earnhardt wants to put Waltrip a lap down and of course Bobby Allison also he'd like to put him a lap down but that's two of the toughest in the business and they'll make him work for it and he knows it but if he finds a chance to stick his nose in there and this may be it in the backstretch he's on the outside Darrell has the inside covered Earnhardt again being forced to go high in three and he can't make the pass complete at single file off the turn haven't seen much passing done on the outside all day they didn't get much practice time not a lot of rubber on the racetrack and the rain washed off most of what was there both Friday and yesterday so it's single file again out of two and for the moment it's Waltrip who again looks to the inside Darrell would just as soon get by Bobby Allison himself and let Bobby have to worry about Earnhardt for the immediate laps here, but there's no go off the corner. Earnhardt again just stays right behind Waltrip and will ease behind him down into turn number one, hoping one of the two make a slip. But even if he gets by Waltrip, he has Bobby Allison to contend with. Now, Allison is another driver who will give you a shot in a heartbeat. 
He's making his move on Waltrip as he heads for three. This time Earnhardt draws alongside Darrell midway through the back stretch, but in the turn again, Dale's got a lift going high through the turn. Just can't get off that turn four well, and that's one of the key, if not the key, parts of this racetrack, accelerating off turn number four. They're single file again. Barney, I wonder why Allison might not let Waltrip go past him, because then when Earnhardt comes around to lap them, he could follow Earnhardt underneath. Well, if he lets Darrell down underneath him and Dale gets down underneath him, they can both get by. Because, Ned, if you've got the inside groove on a racetrack, particularly a short track like here at Richmond, if they catch you in that outside lane, they can just about do what they want to with you, can't they? They really can because you can lean on him going in there, push him a little bit high, and you get that traction broken on those outside wheels. There's not a great deal that he can do. And usually the the fastest groove around the racetrack on a short track is the inside, and that is definitely the case here at Richmond. Well, their fans are hoping that, again, Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Bodine will get hooked up here and do some battling. And we told you when we first came on the air, we talked to both drivers here about a finish that never materialized at Daytona. But we'd like to have the thoughts of both the drivers of who would have won that thing had they been there at the end. First, I asked Jeff Bodine. Could you have? He's got to get around Waltrip in the back stretch. Darrell Waltrip came off turn number two. The car skittered just a little bit, and that was the opening Earnhardt needs, but Darrell wants to come right back. Waltrip repays the favor to Earnhardt in turn number four. Dale had got Darrell a little out of shape in turn two, getting under him to lap him, so Darrell says, hey, look, I'm here and need some racetrack, too, and gives him a little shot. That allows Allison to scamper away a bit, but it puts Waltrip one lap down again for the moment. And it also puts Jeff Bodine a little closer to Dale Earnhardt at the front of the pack. Looked like it's going to be one of those days here at Fairgrounds Raceway. Dale Earnhardt is still the leader in the Miller 400 here at Fairgrounds Raceway. They've just posted on the board lap 134 of the 400 in the event this afternoon, and a little bit of everything has happened. As Earnhardt pulls off turn number two, Jeff Bodine a moment ago was up there within about four seconds of him. Now Eli Gold, he's fallen back to a little further than that. He's got traffic again. It took him a while to get around Ron Bouchard. He was sandwiched in and around Tommy Ellis, and he still has yet to pass Ken Schrader. So race traffic has been a major factor for two of the top contenders today so far. We've had a little bit of everything today. Fully half the field, 15 cars have been involved in one wreck or another here, and a couple more have just spun on the racetrack all by themselves. But now with a little rubber down, we're going to get to see some good racing as this one winds on. You'd think after Daytona with all the hoopla, the 200 mile an hour speeds, and the $1.5 million in posted awards, that the drivers would kind of like to get back here at Richmond and get a chance to, to kind of relax and kind of take it easy. But here, this is not a fun track after Daytona. This is all business. Ron Bouchard. Well, I think you have to say this is war. Uh, you know, when you're on Daytona, then you come to Richmond. Uh, it's not the uh, ideal short track or as good as some that we run on. So it makes it a little tough. You know, you come from the beautiful racetrack to the to the little short, tight, very bumpy racetrack. So it's a big change. This, this is war, Bouchard says, and he's right. We've seen it today. It may not be the ideal short track for the drivers, but it sure is for the fans. They get their nickels worth every time they come up here to Fairgrounds Raceway because you're going to see uh, just what we watched here this afternoon. A lot of beating and banging, some good hard-nosed racing, and a lot of spin-outs, and a little bit of everything seems to always happen here and at most of the short tracks, down at Clay Earl's Five Facility and over at Bristol, Tennessee, and, of course, down at Enix Staley's track. They'll be all at those tracks here in the very not-too-far-away future. Jeff Bodine has caught up with Bobby Allison, and Allison is a lap down to the race leader. So, too, is Darrell Waltrip, but the second-place car is trying to work underneath the Miller Buick this time out of turn number four, back toward the start-finish line. Bodine may have room. Nope. Kirk, Stewart, Kirk Bryant's car in the Kirk Cliff Stewart's car. Kirk Bryant's the driver. He provides the pick for Allison. 
And that's the way they come off the corner. Bobby Allison still leading Jeff Bodine. A call needs to go to Tim Richmond. He and Neil Bond have been running consistently together here the last number of laps. And in light of how badly uh, the Folgers car was beaten up just a bit earlier and the lack of practice for everybody, Richmond getting around here with his physical uh, injury as well, doing pretty well. He had one of the fastest cars in practice, the practice times they did get in here the other day, and he felt like he could have won the pole had they been able to qualify yesterday, and he certainly felt he could win the race. He's very happy to have Harry Hyde for a crew chief this year. Jeff Bonine is really caught up in traffic. He's behind Mike Waltrip as Bobby Allison boxes him in even more, and he has to be totally frustrated trying to pick his way to the front and run down the leader right now, Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt is the leader. Bodine rides second. Still in the third spot is Joe Ruttman riding fourth at this juncture in the race. They're posting Neil Bonnet. Fifth is Kyle Petty, the sixth position. Good run for Bobby Hillen. And Rusty Wallace is the last car now being shown on the lead lap back in seventh spot. In eighth spot, Darrell Waltrip rides. He is a lap down. Then it's Bobby Allison, ninth, the tenth place to Kenny Schrader. And Jimmy Means is being posted in the eleventh spot. J.D. McDuffie is twelfth. Davey Allison is thirteenth. And Dave Marcus currently will show in the 14th position, along with Terry Labonte rounding out the top 15. After a six-lap battle, Bodine finally dispenses with Allison. He caught him underneath up in turns three and four. Rod Bouchard tried to follow him through, but without success. So, meanwhile, Waltrip works underneath Terry Labonte. That's not for position. Labonte's two laps down. Waltrip is a lap down, but it'll give Bodine a little better chance to catch up with Dale Earnhardt. But Barney, he doesn't look like he's going to be caught. The way he's getting around the speedway right now is going to be awfully hard to overhaul, but we've said that so many times at a short track. Everything seems to happen in the final 100 laps here at Fairgrounds Raceway. There's still a long ways to go. 144 on the board as Dale Earnhardt continues to set the pace in the Miller 400. A moment ago, we were talking about Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt in a battle that never came up at Daytona. And I know thousands of race fans are curious as to the thoughts of both drivers of what would have happened had they come down to the final lap. I asked Bodine here this week, what would have? Could you have won it or would he? I'm going to say, uh, sure, I would have. Uh, and I'm sure Dale is saying that he thinks he would have. But nobody will ever know. It, uh, you know, I had uh, my strategy planned out and I was... Uh, I was using some of it up till the point when he pulled out, and, and his strategy was working pretty good. He wanted me to be behind me and for that last lap slingshot. So there's no way we can tell who would have won. It would have been interesting, and I'm disappointed for the race fans. They didn't get to see that. I know they were they were standing there waiting for that last lap, and I think I'm, I'm a little disappointed myself. That's the thoughts of both I, and what about it? Dale, could you have done it? Well, I, I feel like we beat ourselves. We, we missed bigger to gas mileage, and, uh, you know, he won the race, but I think, I think we beat ourselves. He didn't beat us. He won the race, but he didn't beat us. So that's the thoughts of the two drivers. I'm sure that's going to come down to the same situation with the races we have coming up in 1986. And, Ned, you were there watching the thing. Any thoughts on that? Because, you know, the fans, they, they sometimes replay what would have happened more than what did happen. It would have been interesting, to say the least, Barney. Earnhardt had to run Jeff down. After they came out of the pits, he was some four or four and a half seconds behind, and he ran him down. So that leads you to believe at that point of the race that he had the fastest car. But did he use up his tires and everything in running him down because he never did pass him? A lot of people felt, well, he didn't pass him because he didn't want to. He wanted to conserve fuel and conserve his tires for that last lap uh, deal. But uh, knowing that if he did pass him, he probably couldn't have gotten away from him because Jeff would have picked up the draft. So certainly they were the dominant cars in the Daytona 500 as they are here today at Richmond. Uh, we'll, we'll never know, but it, it, 
would have been interesting, as Bodine says. It's one of those situations that uh, had to be disappointing to the fans, but that's auto racing. You just never know. We're under the fifth caution of the day as Kirk Bryant, who's been involved in three of the five, spun up in turn number two and took Tim Richmond around with him. Let's update pit stops first with Ned. Dale Earnhardt is getting right side tires on the Wrangler machine. Now they're coming around to put on left side tires. Darrell Waltrip and Jeff Bodine a little farther down pit road are in for a four-tire change. So is Bobby Allison and Kyle Petty and other action going on further up the pit road. The third and fourth place cars of Joe Rutland, Clicker, St. Buick, right side tires. Likewise, the Budweiser Chevrolet and the fourth place driver, Neil Bonnet, gets right side rubber. Only two tires for those two cars on this pit stop. We'll reset the field when we come back to Richmond Raceway. We are ready to go back to racing. Earnhardt is the leader. Joe Rutman, Jeff Bodine, Rusty Wallace, Kyle Petty, Neil Bonnet, and Daryl Waltrip are the cars on the lead lap. Waltrip is at the tail, very tail end of the lead lap as he lines up opposite Earnhardt to take the green flag for the restart. At lap 158, we're back under green at Fairgrounds Raceway. Earnhardt wastes no time in stepping out front. Darrell Waltrip will now slip in line right behind Earnhardt, acting as the buffer car behind Earnhardt and ahead of the second place runner, Joe Rutman. Bobby Allison trying to work inside of Rutman and get himself back in position, and Jeff Bodine follows him through. Earnhardt proved just how strong he was on that restart by the time they got to turn one. He'd pulled away by seven or eight car links and is continuing to do so. Joe Rutman is the second place car. Bobby Allison is third. Jeff Bodine is right behind him as they work out of the corner and head back to turn three. Single file until Jeff Bodine tried to dispense with the Bobby Allison car. Allison quickly covered the spot. They're single file again. Let me correct myself because Allison is a lap down. That'll move Kyle Petty up. Petty will be running now in the fourth spot. Neil Bonnet posted in fifth as they work back down into turns one and two and into the back straightaway. And again, as Bobby Allison's lapped car kicks to the outside, Kyle Petty takes the inside groove to pass the Miller-American Buick, and then the Budweiser machine of Neil Bonnet follows right in behind Kyle Petty. Good run for Kyle Petty here this afternoon. He's kind of been right up in the thick of things himself and has made some good moves driving through some of those accidents to keep the car in one piece. In fact, he's one of the few cars out there that there's not that much sheet metal damage and different shades of paint on it from when he started this afternoon. Leaders back in three. And still single Kyle Earnhardt has the advantage, then the Waltrip car a lap down, followed by Rutman. Off turn four and back to the start-finish line. The only other car on the lead lap is Rusty Wallace. He took the restart green flag way back in the field and is not moving up with any deliberate speed, but he remains on the lead lap, and Wallace will be the sixth-place car. Rusty Wallace has the leaders come by us here in turn three. Rusty is all the way back between turns one and two. He is sandwiched in between Buddy Harrington, around Greg Sachs, and the Davy Allison car. Jeff Bodine is just biding his time here this afternoon. He knows there's an awful long ways to go. We're still quite a ways from halfway in the Miller 400 this afternoon. 163 laps are on the board. He's been caught in traffic from time to time, is able to contain himself and just say, hey, that's the situation right now. We have all day to get the job done. Earnhardt brings him out of turn number four, and Waltrip again puts the heat on him, trying to put himself back up there in that lead lap. As they work into turn number one, Joe Rutman has himself back there behind him, but he can't get around Waltrip to take a shot at the leader. And in light of how well Waltrip's car is working right now, he wants to be in position. Should another caution flag come out and make a pass on Earnhardt to get back again on the lead lap. Despite the fact that 15 cars, half the field, have been involved in one wreck or another, there are only half a dozen or so in the garage area. Jerry Punch is there with the latest retiree. Kirk Bryant has parked the Spectre Furniture Pontiac. Kirk, a rough day for you. What finally put you out? Well, we just got started off wrong today. You know, we got in a wreck early and it knocked the toe in off and we kept working with it. Then we got tagged before we could get it right, and it broke a brake line, and we finally just run out of brakes and just finally parked it. Kirk's one of the champions, Spark Plug rookie contenders, having a rough day here at Richmond. 
Bobby Allison slowed a moment ago. Mike Joy and a Lake Speed scooted underneath him there, and apparently he's not up to par all of a sudden. Whole field stacked up behind him there, Barney in the backstretch, and Allison, when Speed finally got underneath, gave him a, a hand signal. I don't think it was a friendly wave because Lake used up pretty good the front bumper on his car on the back end of Allison's machine trying to fight his way past. He has done so and now drives away just a bit. Up front, it's going to get interesting in a minute. Earnhardt coming off turn four leads Darrell Waltrip. Waltrip now one lap down, and Jeff Bodine and Joe Rutman are closing up fast. And then it might be smart for Darrell to kind of pull over and let Jeff Bodine go and let those two deal with each other up there. It might be to his advantage in the long run. Well, it could be. Uh, of course, they they usually race awfully hard, and Earnhardt in particular when you get on a track like this, and it could help them to use their cars up a little bit, but he's been sitting there waiting and testing Earnhardt every way that he could hoping he'd make a mistake, but Earnhardt didn't make a mistake. Now Earnhardt's able to pull away a little bit, so maybe he would be smart to pull over and let Bodine go. He's had the car dialed in all day. Dale Earnhardt we're talking about. He's been able to run it right at the bottom of the racetrack in both ends of the speedway and stick down there. And the way that car has been handling also Eli Gold over in front of you a moment ago and the accidents that we've had in that vicinity of the speedway, he can make the car move quick, cut it quick, and avoid accidents and stuff. Has not even been close to spinning that car or anything all day long. And the key off turn number two down the back stretch and into three is being able to handle. You've said so off and off the corner and getting into the next corner. Also a call has to go out to Joe Rutman even with a little bit of a bruised right rear that automobile. Second race out of that box for the Quaker State team. It's a heck of an afternoon for him. Here at Fairgrounds Raceway, 194 laps have gone up on the board this afternoon. And we'll be approaching the halfway point here in just a few minutes. Dale Earnhardt is still the leader. Jeff Bonine rides now perhaps a couple of seconds behind him. As they work back into turn number one, both of them are caught in traffic as Earnhardt just gets around Bill Elliott. If you join the broadcast late, Elliott got caught up in an accident here early this afternoon. It's a little better than 40 laps down, but is nevertheless back out there running along with several other drivers. A lot of smoke out of Lake Speed's car, and that would be a tire scrubbing that sheet metal that's been bent in again, it looks like, as he works his way into turn one. Eli Gold will have a better look at it as he works to three. It happened just a couple of laps ago, Barney. Lake Speed got together with what remains of the Trevor Boys car, and he has the right front fender assembly and the hood bashed in on the tire. As a matter of fact, Lake had to really work to keep the car out of the wall last time by. He's heading to pit road. Trouble in turn four as Kenny Schrader has slammed into the wall, bringing out caution number five here this afternoon. Make that caution number six. His car has come to rest against the outside guardrail after spinning around and making contact with it. And we'll see everyone on pit road here in just a moment. Schrader is still in the car, but the yellow is on the field for the sixth time this afternoon. We're under caution again for the sixth time as Kenny Schrader's car went out of control out of turn number four, slammed into the wall. He climbed out of the car and has walked across the racetrack, and Ned Jarrett will try to catch up with him here in just a moment. And We're trying to catch up to Kenny Schrader, Barney Hall, to, to check and see exactly what happened to him over there. We're in his pits down here. He did not come back to, in this area. Junie Donlevy talking with his uh, crew members here. Junie, do you know what went wrong? You were It happened right direct in front of your pits. 98 Bouchard got out just coming off the corner, just spun him. Okay, so that's the story. Junie Donlevy, the owner and crew chief on the Red Baron Pizza car. So he doesn't sound all that happy about it. And, of course, that's another car that will join quite a few in the garage area here this afternoon that have had more than their share of problems. Running on the racetrack, Bobby Hillen is behind the pace car. Now, Bobby is a lap or so behind. Darrell Waltrip is right behind him. Don't count Waltrip out of the thing here at Richmond. He's been as much as two laps down on occasion and come back and pulled out a victory. Then right back of him is Dale Earnhardt, and Earnhardt should still be the leader. Waltrip may be on the tail end of the lead lap. We'll check that and find out for sure in just a moment as they continue. 
continue to circulate around here, waiting to get Kenny Schrader's car out of the wall. And again, we'll hope that Ned will be able to catch up with him somewhere in the pits. He climbed out of the car and walked across the racetrack under his own power, so apparently he is all right. Barney, a problem on Rusty Wallace's Allugard Pontiac. The car pretty heavily damaged in one of the earlier caution flags and bang-ups over in turn four. They came in and changed four tires. Tires are not a problem. They cannot fuel the car. They are trying to beat and pound away from the fuel filler opening in the rear of the car. They've now put the trunk lid back down. They have some elastic tie wraps down there. They were able to get about a can and a half in it. I hope nothing will have to do. Well, as the caution is being worked, here comes part of Harry Gant's Skull Bandit team across the speedway. Gant is out of it for the afternoon, having his car heavily damaged here earlier today. And they're about to go home for the day and will be at Rockingham next week for the Goodrich 500 down there. As Ricky and Linda Rudd also crossing the racetrack, they've got a short drive back to Chesapeake. But unfortunately, a short day for the talented young driver that won this race two years ago. We're under caution, the sixth one of the afternoon for Ken Schrader's wreck up at turn number four. Let's check in with Terry Labonte before they give that one lap to go sign. And Terry, this is Mike Joy at MRN. Have you been kind of playing conservative with all the banging going on out there, or is your car just not working maybe quite as well as, as you'd like to have it? Now we lost the cylinder early in the race, and so we're just really just running on seven cylinders right now. Well, you've been able to avoid most all of the stuff that's been happening on the racetrack today, and, and that's a credit to you. Yeah, I guess we've been real fortunate looking at it that way. Well, we'll let you ride a bit as you're about to go back to racing. We'll talk to you again later on. Terry Labonte in the Piedmont Airlines Oldsmobile with the, our in-car radio, sponsored by Absorbing Junior, the rub-it-in solution for sore muscles. And, Barney, there's going to be a bunch of that pass out here needed after this race is over. There's going to be some rubbing in, too, as they form up for a double-file restart in turn three. Dale Earnhardt has Jeff Bodine, Kyle Petty, Joe Rutman, and Neil Bonnet right on the tail as they get set to go back. The pace car heads to pit road. Well, Jeff Bodine is there this time. There's nothing between himself and Dale Earnhardt as they drop the green flag and they come a-digging off turn number four. And Earnhardt again gets a good jump on the whole field, pulls away by some 50 feet and takes him back into turn number one. And as he did that, he left Bodine right behind. And now there's a car between them. Bobby Hillen is there. Bobby Hillen Jr. came off the inside lane on a double final restart to act as the buffer car. Then there's Bodine. Then there's the lap car of Waltrip, followed by Kyle Petty. Hillen got a good jump. He's two laps down. He's the ninth place car. Trouble as Tim Richmond gets out of shape. Almost took Terry Labonte with him. It was Labonte's car, in fact, that slowed dramatically the car caused Richmond to get out of shape and the four cars behind him. Labonte crawls down into turn number one. He's going to pull it behind the wall. He may have lost more than just that one cylinder. Mike right, Joel, let's check in with uh, Kenny Schrader. He's back in that car. Kenny, are you going to be able to get back in the race? Well, I hope so, Ned. Uh, we was having a pretty good run today with the Red Baron car, but uh, Bouchard and I just got together a little bit. And just one of them things, tracks the slick, turned us around. We hope to get right back out, though. Well, you can hear the beating and banging going on, so he'll be back out before too long, hopefully. Here's the leader out of turn number four. It is Dale Earnhardt. Jeff Bodine is second, and now he's closed the interval again to about four car lengths as they head back for turn number one. They indicated a moment ago that Darrell Waltrip was back on the lead lap. We're attempting now to find out if he is in third spot because he is the third car in that battle as they work back to turn three. Cars go into the corner. Earnhardt has a couple of car lengths on Bodine. Then Waltrip right there knows the tail. Five car lengths back to Kyle Petty. Look, Terry Labonte's behind pit wall. Jerry Punch is there. He's still in the car trying to get it cranked. We'll see if we can get a comment. Uh, Terry, what Terry, what put you out of it? Well, I don't really know. The thing had been running on seven cylinders, and it just cut off on us. Uh, so we really don't know what happened there right now. 
They're trying to switch the fuel around here, and the fuel gauge is inside the car. They're trying to get him back out. He's still strapped in the Piedmont Oldsmobile. On that restart a moment ago, Darrell Waltrip was ahead of Dale Earnhardt, which put him on the tail end of the lead lap. Now Earnhardt has moved back around him as they shuffled off to turn one on the restart on that good jump. So Darrell is now being shown as a lap down, but he's the third car right behind the front two. He's hanging in there, hoping to get himself back on the lead lap, and he's done it, what, three times already this afternoon? I believe he has, Barney, but each time the position of that safety car would have him lined up next to the leader on the start on two of those occasions, and when Earnhardt would get such a good jump, Waltrip would fall a lap behind. He sits right behind both Earnhardt and Bodine. He's third place in line, but he's one lap off the pace, and that would put him in sixth position in the race. A moment ago, Ron Bouchard and Rusty Wallace banging together as they came down the front straightaway, and Bouchard seems to have picked up just about every color of paint on the racetrack on his machine today. The Wood Brothers are taking a look at, at Kyle Petty out there. They seem pretty happy this afternoon. We've seen Leonard and also Glenn up on the wall down there watching Kyle in that 7-11-40s having a good run. He currently is posted in third position. He's not that far behind the two front runners as they work out of turn number four. Kyle is about a couple of seconds behind them in third spot as Terry Labonte goes back onto the racetrack in front of the leader down in turns one and two. So whatever the problem was, they have it cured for the moment. Marty, it's amazing how many of these cars have been banged as severely as they have today and gotten back out on the racetrack. As Bobby Maston pointed out, the chase for the Winston Cup is worth so much money that even this early in the season, you just can't afford to sit out the rest of a race in the garage area if you can possibly fix your car. I think Jerry Punch has been keeping some sort of attrition rundown for us this afternoon, and Jerry, there aren't too many cars in that garage area. About a half a dozen, Mike. I've got, of course, the Eddie Beerswell car. He started the uh, Jerry Holden machine. He's out. Kirk Bryan involved in the accident. We talked to him. Harry Gann also involved in there. The Phil Parsons car, Ricky Rudd, and the 90 of Kenny Schrader. Those are the six we have in the garage right now. 210 laps, rather 220 go up on the board. Earnhardt the leader, Bodine running in the second position. Kyle Petty having a good run here today. He is third, and Joe Rutman currently is the fourth place car. A moment ago, we talked about Kyle Petty having an outstanding run here today. Ned Jarrett has made his way into the 7-11 pits and perhaps can get a word with some of the crew. We're standing by with Leonard Wood, the crew chief on the car. Leonard, he is having a good run out there today. Yeah, he's running pretty good. They uh, still pushing the front end a little bit. We haven't had time to take any weight out, you know, to see whether the track gets slick enough for it to get loose. But uh, I think it'd run a little bit better if he wasn't pushing the front end. Leonard, have you done anything different for this year? He ran awfully good at Daytona. Well, we've done a lot of work over the winter, you know. And we'd like to think we're better shape than we were last year. And I think we know a little bit more about what Kyle wants than we did last year, too. Well, they think that they're going to win the race this year, Barney. And I think he has been looking awfully good, but they're hoping the racetrack will come to them right now. When he said the front end was pushing, that means the back end is sticking a little too tight. And that's usually the way that you want it on a short track like this. And as the race goes on, sometimes that'll work to your advantage. I'm going to tell here today. Well, he's been pretty pleased with his young driver. He said last year was a learning year for both the team and for Kyle Petty. And Kyle feels like, as we said a moment ago, some of the young drivers, it is time for him to get going and win some races is also 223 laps are on the board here in the Miller 400. Dale Earnhardt leads Jeff Bodine, Kyle Petty. The third place car right now is Joe Rutman. 
Back at Fairgrounds Raceway, 170 laps remain in the Miller 400 this afternoon. 2.30 are up on the board. They're still chasing Dale Earnhardt, and they've been up there close to him a couple of times. Two or three different cars have this afternoon, but nobody's been able to do anything with him. Now, whether Jeff Bodine is just playing a waiting game or whether he really can't get up there and do anything with him at this stage is anybody's guess. He's keeping him in sight. He's only a couple of car lengths behind. And Eli Gold, both those cars in both ends of the speedway look like they're running right at the apron of the track, handling very well. They are working very well, especially from our vantage point here at the end of the back stretch going into turn three. We can see the cars as they come off turn two. Some are definitely jumping around. Others are taking a good set. The leaders are taking a good set. Joe Rutman's car, so very dominating coming off the turn. He has really pulled away from Neil Bonnet, who had gotten himself caught up in race traffic. However, at this moment, Joe Rutman can't quite get around Terry Labonte, so has to take a shot at Kyle Petty, but Joe's working well, again, off the turn. This is the stage in a race here that we see in a any race that goes a great length of time, like 400 laps on a short track or at Rockingham or some of the 500-mile races, there's always, what, 50 to 100 laps in there that they'll be content to just ride and really not do that much beating and banging and kind of pace themselves. Jeff Bodine talked about that the other day. Uh, at one time in the Modifieds, and I guess up north, he was a charger. I mean, if the equipment would get there, he'd just go up front and wear you out. And I asked him about getting in a, in a Winston Cup car now and having the equipment, one of the best cars in the field, to go up there. Was it hard to kind of hold yourself back a little? That's right. You need to handle well here at Richmond. It's tight. The corners are tight. Straightaways are tight. There's really no place to, to get a good pass on, on the car in front of you. Uh, so you need to handle good through the corners. You can't slip up. You need to be able to run low. You need horsepower, uh, or they can drive underneath you down the back straightaway. That seems to be uh, the one move that everyone tries to get underneath the, the fella in front of them down that back straightaway. So you need horsepower along with the handling. But, like you said, you need a lot of luck here at Richmond. So far, he's been able to contain himself this afternoon, and he has come around. It took him a year or so because he got, remember when he used to get a lot of flack from the drivers, they said he's up there and he, he doesn't pay attention and he makes moves without thinking and all that sort of thing. I think Bodine has kind of come into his own as a driver, and he talked about it the other day, and I'm sure you chatted with him a bit after his victory at Daytona, about how much that did for his well-being upstairs, so to speak, to give him the confidence that he probably needs. Now, he'd won on some short tracks, but it's a little different when you beat the big boys at Daytona and some of the super speedways. Definitely, Barney. One of the newspaper people who infrequently covers Winston Cup racing described Bodine the other week as a ticking bomb, but I think that comment may have been apropos a couple of years ago, but, but not anymore. He has the confidence in himself and certainly in this new team to be able to go out there and run well and not feel like he has to put the car right to the front of the field every time, all the time. I did talk with him this morning and asked him about winning the Daytona 500. When you plan for something and look forward to it for some 30 years of your life, from when he first strapped into a guard cart in age five, that was his goal, to win the 500. Can actually doing it, can the event actually lead up to all the anticipation and every, all the hoping that went into it? Oh, it's even greater. It's even greater. I thought our first win at Martinsville was absolutely the, the biggest thrill and biggest thing that could ever happen to Jeff Bodine and my family and my career of racing. But the win Daytona has brought out things that I hadn't even thought about before. Uh, that first win at Martinsville it will always be special. I mean, there will never be another first win in Winston Cup racing, but... 
not all my emotions came out that day, and, and Daytona Sunday brought them out. It, it really brought out the true meaning of why I'm in this sport. You know, why do I want to be successful? It, it's, it's not for the money. That never really surfaced until Sunday, and, and Kathy and I both realized just what the meaning was uh, of success and, and glory and why we are in this sport and why we have worked so hard to be successful. It all came out of Daytona. Confidence, I think, is, is the main word that, that sums up the transformation of Jeff Bodine into, into a charging driver uh, to a winning driver, Barney. Well, we've seen that come out in a lot of the youngsters that have come along in the last three or four years. Looking at the scoreboard, 243 laps are posted right now in the Miller 400 here at Fairgrounds Raceway. It is a beautiful day. A lot of sunshine has been since early morning in contrast to Friday and Saturday here when we had some rain, sleet, a little freezing snow and everything else. But it has turned out to be an absolutely gorgeous day and quite a race. We expected to see just exactly what we're watching right now. All kinds of pushing and shoving, as Earnhardt says, framming and bamming. And as Tommy Ellis said, Tommy put it a little different way. He said when you come to here and go to the other short tracks, you have to do a little kicking and gouging. <laughs> Looks like he's done a bit as he pits his Friedlander Chevrolet. Let's take you back through the field. 245 laps are on the board. Earnhardt is the race leader. Bodine runs in second spot, about a third of a straightaway behind, or in the second spot. Third is Kyle Petty, and Kyle is a straightaway behind Bodine's machine. Fourth is Joe Rutman. In fifth is Neil Bonnet. They're on the lead lap. Rusty Wallace is a lap down, so too. Darrell Waltrip and Bobby Allison. Ninth, two laps down. Bobby Hillen, along with Davey Allison. Davey's run a good race here today. And Jimmy Means, who led a good portion of this race of several laps under green at about the 50-lap mark after one of the cautions. Three laps down, Dave Marcus and J.D. McDuffie. Five laps in arrears, Doug Hebron. Six down is Buddy Arrington. He's in 15th position. Lake Speed is nine laps back. So, too, is Mike Waltrip. Ten or more laps behind. Cars with a lot of crash damage. Ron Bouchard, the uh, Bill Elliott automobile, Tommy Ellis, Richard Petty, and Trevor Boyce. 22 cars posted as turning laps on the racetrack right now of the 31. The start of this event, add to that list Tim Richmond, who is many, many laps in arrears. Dale Earnhardt's going to have his hands full for the next, oh, 20 or 30 laps around here, Mike Joy, because he's catching the tail end of the field, and that means a lot of lap traffic, and it has allowed Jeff Bodine to get himself maybe in a position to try and change who's leading this race. Earnhardt's just closed up on and gone around J.D. McDuffie, while Bodine sits right behind Trevor Boyce, just a couple of car lengths back. Next cars in line will be Tommy Ellis, the Rusty Wallace machine, Bobby Allison, and Tim Richmond. Those cars, various numbers of laps behind, and some of them contending positions. And it's going to be interesting to see, as we've speculated, whether Bodine is just playing a waiting game or whether he simply cannot get up there to Earnhardt, and Jerry Punch may be in his pits. Marty, we are standing with Gary Nelson, his crew chief. And, Gary, is it a waiting game for Jeff right now? Are you trying to save the equipment, or is he just running wide open and just can't catch Earnhardt? Well, you're right, Jerry. You know, uh, the car is running really good. There's not really anybody challenging us. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense for us to go up and challenge Dale Earnhardt right now. We're better off just to keep him in sight, let him go out there and try and lap as many cars as he can to get him a lap behind and uh, save our car for the finish. Well, Barney, they're very confident here to Levi Garrett pit the Jeff Bodine will have something left for Dale Earnhardt in his last few laps. Well, they seem to be on the same wavelength. We talked at length with Bodine and Gary Nelson about that, and they both say that they see racing on the same wavelength. They have their tuned in, feeling the same way about the car and how to do things. Neil Bonnet is sliding back in the field a little bit after being up toward the front a moment ago. Ned Jarrett can update us on that. We're standing now with Tim Brewer, the team manager. Tim, it doesn't seem like he's running quite as quick as he was earlier. Is he having a problem? Well, you know, he just called me on the radio and told me things 
started to get a little bit more loose than what it had been all day. And right now we're just trying to keep the tires on the car. Maybe we can hold our heart off if it gets there. But right now the car is just a little bit looser than we'd like to have it. Okay, and I think we'll be hearing more and more of that as the race goes on. That's usually what happens on the short track is that the car gets looser and looser. He mentioned a moment ago that Leonard Wood, or he mentioned that their car was a little bit tight. So maybe the racetrack is but we'll see an awful lot of adjustments if we get another caution flag here where they have the leisure to maybe make a little bit longer pit stops. I'm sure we're going to see an awful lot of adjustments in those final 100 laps. 260 are on the board. 140 remain here this afternoon. Give a call to Richard Petty in that STP Pontiac. The man dislocated a shoulder in the Daytona 500 last week, and that is painful enough in itself just to do ordinary things around the house and whatever and get up in the morning. He is out here running a 400-lap race. And this is a physical racetrack. It gets with you pretty good out there. And Richard is, everybody said, once he gets in the car, unless it is an absolute must, he will not come out. And so far, he hasn't. Well, Ned will be down. Uh, I believe he's with Dale Inman now. We are standing by with Dale Inman. Appreciate it. Dale, we're just talking about Richard's injury. Has he uh, complained, or how's he doing in four minutes, sir? Yeah, it's hurting him again, Ned. When he hit the wall, evidently he hurt his shoulder again. And He's going to ride it out, though. Okay, well, that just shows how tough he really is. They've had a tough day here today, and we're sorry to hear that he did re-injure the shoulder a little bit, but sometimes starting a race car can be some of the best medicine that a race driver can have. I talked to Richard about that before the race, and he said, well, I sure hope it works today, but I don't know. I'm not working too good for it. It seems to be pretty good therapy most of the time for them. Richard said he was more concerned the fact that he'd had the flu all week long and that had sapped his strength not only his but just about everybody on that team had been very sick all week that's what i told him i said i don't know if my joints uh hurting because of the dislocation or just because of the flu but i thought every one of our boys has had it for the last couple of weeks and uh, you know just about time you think you get over it then you're sick again so uh, you know if we can get over that part of it then i think we'll overcome all of it then Petty, who's hanging in there this afternoon. He intends to run for the Winston Cup Championship in 1986. He makes no secret about the fact that he wants to win one more before he quits. Eli, you've got a good view there at the end of the back straightaway, right in the windshield of that STP Pontiac. How does Richard look like he's getting around the corner, and how does he look in the race car? The car seems to be getting along okay, and Richard has changed his posture in the automobile. We told the folks earlier in the race that he had his right hand down at around 4 o'clock on the steering wheel. If you use the face of the clock as an example, and his left hand was right there on the top of the steering wheel maneuvering that way. He now has his right hand at about 1 o'clock and his left hand at about 11 o'clock. So he seems to have gotten a little more mobility or is just a bit more comfortable that way. He's got that ever-present rag hanging from his mouth and he's getting around as best he can. Now off of turn number two, Jeff Bodine has caught Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt's been boxed in behind some lap traffic in the form right now of Rusty Wallace and Bobby Allison, and there's a bid for the lead going into turn number four. Out of four, here comes Bodine up along the outside of Earnhardt. He's not going to get too far. Earnhardt was trying to lap past Rusty Wallace, didn't have any luck this time. They go back into turn number one, single file, see if Bodine tries to make that move in the backstretch. Just ahead of Earnhardt again is Rusty Wallace, ahead of Rusty is Bobby Allison. Earnhardt peels to the inside, but Wallace who has a rear bumper assembly dragging off the car. He covers the spot, and Earnhardt stays put. Bodine again is just waiting for a slip as he tags into the rear end of Rusty Wallace's car. Earnhardt hit him coming off the corner. Rusty slowed for just a moment, and he has knocked a piece of sheet metal loose from Rusty Wallace's machine, and now Bodine dives underneath Rusty down the back straightaway to hang on to Earnhardt. They're back in three. So both the cars get by. They'll next have to try and pass Bobby Allison as they come off turn four. And while all of that was going on, 
Joe Ruckman moved around Kyle Petty for the third place, and we're standing by with Kenny Bernstein. Kenny, you seem pretty excited about this. Oh, I tell you, I am, Ned. I just love it. I didn't know I could like it so much. Standing on the outside, looking in. He has run an awfully good race there today at the Quaker Station. I got a super team. Larry McGrills, the guy's done good, and Joe's driving a good race. We have one car spinning in turn number two. One car spins. Everybody avoids Greg Sachs. But now Marcus will go to the high side as three or four cars go to the low side. And it's J.D. McDuffie who goes nose first into the tire that protects the head end of the backstretch guardrail. So J.D. picked the wrong way to go as everybody comes back around under caution for the seventh time today. We'll see everyone on pit road here in just a moment as most of the cars will go ahead and take the caution before pitting because they don't want to lose a lap by pitting too early. Tim Richmond will be the first one on pit road as they go to work on his car. Here comes Earnhardt. Take a quick look at pit stops uh, under the caution here. First with Ned. Well, Joe Ruttman is in right now. They're, the leaders came in the time before. Ruttman's getting right side tires on the Quaker State Buick. And uh, a little further down pit road where Dale Earnhardt took on right side tires. And I couldn't tell if they took on left sides too, Mike. Uh, Jerry? Yeah, they took, they took four tires on for Earnhardt and the Wrangler Chevrolet. Likewise, a Levi Garrett effort took four tires on. It was a race down pit road. Earnhardt beat uh, Jeff Bodine by half a car length, so Earnhardt the first one off pit road. They should be able to go the distance from here on. If there are no more cautions, they should have enough fuel and tires to make the distance. Bodine got four tires, and Tim Richmond, or rather Rusty Wallace, lost his right rear wheel. Uh, coming out of pit road so they're now making repairs the right rear corner of that car looks like it's stove in quite a bit and they check the damage and remove that rubber bumper cover barney was the piece that was dragging on the rusty wallace car after that encounter with uh, earnhardt and, and bodine so we're under caution here 273 laps complete well we have had a rash of yellow fever here at fairgrounds raceway today that has torn up an awful lot of equipment the seventh one of the afternoon being worked jd mcduffie tore his car up a moment ago over in turn two. For a report on that, let's go to Eli Gold. Oh, well, Barney, as J.D. comes by us now, it's, it's nice to say that there is some cosmetic damage, but uh, fortunately not all that much. When Greg Sachs spun in the turn two uh, exit, some of the drivers were able to go by to the low side, some to the high side. Then Sachs's car rolled off the guardrail just a bit. J.D. tried to go beneath the car, and he ran into that big white tire that protects the head end of the inside guardrail, and that's where his car quickly came to a stop, but Daisy has now been pushed away, and he's heading back around towards the pit area with not all that much damage, fortunately. Next weekend, we've got a doubleheader for you on Motor Racing Network from Rockingham, North Carolina. On Saturday, the Bush Grand Nationals in the Protect-A-Liner truck bed 200. MRN's on the air at 1.15 Eastern Time. Then next Sunday, the Winston Cup Series tops off the weekend in the Mr. Goodwrench. 500 MRN airtime is 12 noon. We hope you can be with us at Rockingham to see the race, and if not, join us here on the Motor Racing Network. Bush Bowl qualifying gets the week started at Rockingham on Thursday. They're running under caution. Looks like it's going to be another lap before they go back to green as Harold Kinder gives them the indication one to go. It'll be a double-file restart. Earnhardt is still the leader. Right behind him is Jeff Bodine. Kyle Petty is third. It is still back in fourth position. Good run for Joe Ruttman here this afternoon. And then Neil Bonnet are the cars being shown on the lead lap five. One lap down, Darrell Waltrip, Bobby Allison, and Rusty Wallace. Two laps back is Bobby Hillen. Three laps down, Dave Marcus, Jimmy Means, and Davey Allison running in the 12th spot, who's had a good run here today. Lights are out atop the safety car, and it heads for pit road. Earnhardt will have him up at the top of the pack, and again, Waltrip will be right underneath him, trying to win that drag race to turn one and get back on the lead lap. Here they come under green. 
If Earnhardt gets off like he usually does, he'll pull away from everyone. But Waltrip stays with him this time. They go door to door into the corner, and Darrell knows it's time for show and tell. He needs to get himself back on the lead lap as they wind down here in the Miller 400. They're still door to door in the backstretch. The cars come together as they work off the turn. Now down to turn three. Earnhardt holds the position, but Waltrip tries him again on the inside groove. Misses, comes up high in the racetrack. Waltrip gets a little bit sideways, straightens it out as Lake Speed comes on to pit road after losing a bumping match with Richard Petty down in turn one and Neil Bonnet. Leaders out of two. And it's Earnhardt who's won the battle between himself and Darrell Waltrip. Waltrip is behind Earnhardt and just ahead of the second place runner, Jeff Bodine. Behind Bodine comes the Bobby Hillen car, laps down. Then third place, Joe Ruckman. Fourth place, Kyle Petty. Waltrip again trades a little medal with Earnhardt. They got together coming off turn number four, just tagged for the moment and bumped a little bit. They do it again in turn number two as they head off the corner, and Darrell wants to put himself back up there. Darrell's trying to cut that corner just a bit, Barney, and make a quick move down the midpoint of the back straightaway and beat Earnhardt to turn three. Darrell's not going to be able to make it go. Neil Bonnet trying to move up in the pack, goes around the outside of Tommy Ellis as Ellis now comes on to pit road. Bonnet is the fifth-place car. Last car on the lead lap as Waltrip takes another shot at Earnhardt in two. You have to make the quick move. Darrell is there off turn two, but he can't quite outgun the Wrangler Chevrolet to turn three, and that's where Earnhardt's been winning the battle. He's got the horses for the moment back to the corner. Those two hammer away on each other, and Jeff Bodine, the second-place car, just sits there and takes it all in, and as yet, Bodine may or may not have shown his hand. As you heard Gary Nelson say, there's no point in getting up there at this stage of the race. With still more than 100 laps to go, we'll find out toward the end. They're back and three. Joe Ruckman has not made a major effort to get by the lap car of Bobby Hillen Jr., nor has Kyle Petty made a big effort to get by third place Joe Ruckman. Single file down the front straightaway. They come once again, this time 282 laps on the board, 118 to go here in the Miller High Life 400 as Waltrip will stay single file this time in the backstretch. Bobby Allison is the last car in that seven-car draft, if you will, although Bobby at this moment not battling for position with Kyle Petty. Field out of turn number four, heads back into the corner, and Waltrip just will not give it up. He stays right with Earnhardt. And a moment, they'll be catching some of the tail end of the field again, and traffic can be the major factor here to get him around. Takes a look on the inside off turn number two, nothing going there. It's almost as though Earnhardt is teasing Waltrip to try. Sometimes off turn two, Dale Earnhardt takes a bit of a more looping route off the corner, almost saying, Darrell, come on and try it. Back down the front straightaway, and already they're in turn one again. That's how quick they get around this half-mile racetrack here as Waltrip lines up right on the back bumper of Earnhardt once again and again. Earnhardt seems to have a lot of power down the straightaway. Ned, both on the front stretch and the back stretch, whether it's good bite coming off the corner or just horsepower, I don't know, but he's able to hold his own in the straightaway. I think it's a combination of both, Mike. Certainly the Richard Childress team uh, are producing, Lou LaRosa and all the fellas producing a lot of horsepower in that Wrangler Chevrolet, but when you get a bite like he is through and off the corners, that really makes that engine look good. Earnhardt takes him back to turn number three. Waltrip's there, and Dale knows if he slips one inch, Darrell's going to shoot underneath him and try to put himself back up there, along with Jeff Bodine, who's less than two car lengths back. Earnhardt knows this racetrack well, and I asked him yesterday, what makes this track so hard to get around? Well, it's flat, pretty much flat, and uh, it gets, you know, greasy during the race and slick, and you got to really work, you know, drive the race car and work with it all day long to, to get around here good. 
He's been working with it well. Waltrip's underneath him coming out of turn number four, and they're going to race back to turn one. But again, Earnhardt is so strong coming off that corner. He simply accelerates away, but Darrell doesn't give it up. They tag again going into turns one and two and off the corner. Darrell's going to have to try and earn himself a spot through the turn. He can't make it go. Joe Ruckman, meanwhile, finally decides to go by Bobby Hillen Jr., and Joe is within three car lanes of second place Jeff Bodine. Barney, it's a good thing for Earnhardt. The start-finish line is not located down in the middle of the corner or wall Waltrip would have him, but in the straightaway, Earnhardt's car is clearly superior, at least to Waltrip's, at this juncture of the race. 288 on the board. Earnhardt's the race leader. Bodine is in second place. Kyle Petty, rather Joe Rutman now, is the third place car. Kyle Petty and Neil Bonnet. Here comes Waltrip again off four. He is alongside. That's his strong suit coming out of the corner. They race back to turn number one. Somebody's going to have to get out of the throttle, but they don't. They go door to door, side by side into the corner. Waltrip this time by a couple of feet as they come out of the turn. They're racing back to three. There'll be race traffic to contend with. Greg Sachs has the inside groove covered. Waltrip takes the spot, and here comes Bodine. Jeff, he wants the lead from Earnhardt. Earnhardt tries to clamp it down to the racetrack, and the two cars bang, not once but twice coming off turn number four. Bodine, Barney, I think he's probably showing all he's got, or he would have been right on the bumper of Waltrip all the way through and tried to follow him up through, but I, th I think he made his move just a little bit too late, and by the time he got under Earnhardt in the middle of the corner, Dale was able to use that horsepower and a little more left turning to hold Jeff at bay coming down the front stretch. He just pinched him right down to the bottom of the racetrack, and rather than lose the car, he did the only thing he could do. He backed out for the moment and let him go. Going to be a real shootout this final 100 laps here. We're at 291 with 109 laps remaining in the Miller 400. Darrell Waltrip has now unlapped himself from race leader Dale Earnhardt, and it may change the complexion of this one as it winds down into its final 106 laps. Six cars are now on the lead lap. Earnhardt and Bodine, who are separated by about four or five car lengths. Joe Rutman, who's right on Bodine's bumper now. Kyle Petty in fourth. Neil Bonnet and Darrell Waltrip are all in the lead lap at Richmond Raceway. Joe Rutman is having an outstanding run here in the Miller 400, and despite the fact that there's an awful lot of sheet metal damage on the car and they did extensive repair work in the pits, he still is running in the third spot, and there is an indication now that he may be coming out of pit road. We see a little activity down in the pits there, and he has dropped back a little bit from Jeff Bodine. The leader is still Dale Earnhardt. He leads by a little over a second on Jeff Bodine as they work, and now they're going to catch a heavy pack of traffic off turn number two. Mike Waltrip's car is there. Darrell Waltrip is there. So, too, the, the Buddy Arrington machine and Tim Richmond. So, Earnhardt, one by one, going by his brother. Uh, I should say Earnhardt going by Michael Waltrip first off. Somebody's brother. That's right. This has been a good racetrack for Joe Rutman, Barney. He was, I believe he was leading this race in a J.D. Stacy car and perhaps could have won it, but spun it into the fence in 1982. The rains came, and Dave Marcus was the man who went to victory lane, but Rutman's always seemed to have a good run here. He likes his racetrack, and he likes to mix it up on the short track. Slowing down in the back straightaway, Bobby Hillen Jr. in front of Eli Gold. He came off turn number two, went to the outside guardrail, then brought the car back down. He is still under racing speed, but he's not heading towards pit road. Hillen's had a good run in the early afternoon. He's had his ups and downs here today, been beaten, banged around like about everybody else out there. But he was right up in the thick of things in the top five most of the day. A lot of folks think that he'll have an outstanding year with a two-car team. He and Bobby Allison, of course, are teammates in the Miller Stables this year, and they both ran well at Daytona. Just again, as you said when we first came on the air, the story with Hillen this year was kind of comparable to Lake Speed last year. He has matured so much as a race driver, particularly in the last year, Barney, and, and as he showed at Daytona, ran well, didn't let the fact that they had to pull out that backup car and run it phase him a bit, and ran so well. It's uh, 
it's hard to keep in mind the fact that this fellow is only 21 years old and he's got several seasons under his belt and, and hopefully a long and successful career ahead of him. Well, you can't buy the experience, and Ned can attest to that. Ned, you, you raced back in the early days, and back then everybody was in the same boat. Nobody had had that much experience back in the 50s and early 60s, and it was kind of a learning process. But nowadays they're running against drivers that have been out here for 10 and 15 years with the equipment refinement that has come along and the experience deal. They, they may have the best car in the world, but learning how to win, how to run, to make the right moves at the right time, you just have to go out there and take your lumps. There's so many things that helps to make a winning race driver, Barney, and uh, you can only get that experience by getting out there doing it. Now, Bobby Allison can tell Bobby Hill and everything that he's learned over those 20-some-odd years that he's been out there racing, but he still has to get out there and do it. Same way with his son, Davey. Richard Petty, has, of course, has told Kyle Petty things over the years, but there is nothing that will take the place of him. Getting out there and actually doing it, experiencing the various situations that helps to make you a winner. And uh, Bobby Hill and Jr. getting started as early as he did, I'll tell you, he, he'll be to reckon with before his career is over. Now Richard Petty used to say how they would ask him how long it took to become a winning driver. He said if anybody makes it in less than five years, they're an exception to the rule. It just about takes that long. 306 laps are on the board here in the Miller 400, and the final 100 laps right now as they wind around this racetrack with just about everybody out there showing signs of battle this afternoon. Tim Richmond goes by with a caved-in car. Surprisingly, look at Dale Earnhardt's car. Usually all the fenders are flapping in the breeze and whatever else, and despite the fact that he's mixed it up with the best of them all day, the car looks real good, the Wrangler Chevy. It does, Barney. Fortunately, the front bumper and the rear bumper cover are made of uh, that Enduraflex rubber, so it wouldn't show. Uh, if there were any scrapes that he'd been in. And the corner's a little bit dinged up, but generally, Earnhardt is thought of as a fellow who's a car breaker and a car wrecker by a lot of folks. Richard Childress says that's not so. They've not had to rebuild, but I think one or two cars all of last season from the ground up that have been crashed. And generally, although he gets himself into some tight spots, he takes care of the race car. He's taking good care of it today because as many as are sitting in the garage and as many are running out there with fenders, grills, hoods, everything else missing, and to take a look at him, He's just having a field day here this afternoon, but it's far from over. A lot of racing left. Jeff Bodine. Trouble for late speed, Barney. Trouble for late speed as he has a right front tire go down. He keeps the car out of the wall and skitters across traffic to the inside roof, and he heads to pit road. Good piece of driving for late speed. Frustrating day for late speed as we're... 313 laps complete as late speed finishes his pit stop. He's back underway on the racetrack. 300 laps, Dale Earnhardt has gone to the front of the Hard Charger Award. and looks like he'll lead the most laps here this afternoon at Fairgrounds Raceway. Don't forget to join us every Tuesday night on MRN and talk to the folks who make the news in auto racing. You can call in your questions toll-free to NASCAR Live at 7 p.m. every Tuesday night here on most of these MRN stations. Make sure your local station is carrying NASCAR Live on MRN. Dale Earnhardt continues to lead Jeff Bodai, Joe Rutman, Kyle Petty, Neil Bonnet, and Darrell Waltrip at Richmond Fairgrounds. 317 laps are on the board. Ned, I think that last round of pit stops came up at about 271. They should be able to go the distance with no problem, wouldn't they? Yes, they should be able to, Barney. They can go a good 160 to 70 laps, maybe even stretch to 180 laps as far as fuel is concerned on a track like this. And uh, they haven't had any excessive tire wear here today, so they should be able to go the distance. But you can bet they'd all like to get in there and get on four fresh tires and kind of take their best shot here before it's over. Well, Darrell Waltrip in particular would like to see a caution because he's still out in front of Dale Earnhardt, and he would like to uh, have another shot at him for the lead. Joe Rutman continues to fall back a little bit. Jerry Punch is in his pits, and we thought earlier that they might bring him in. What's the story, Jerry? 
Marty, there's some concern over possibly a tire going down, but they've now figured that the car is just absolutely too loose for Trouble in turn two. Neil Bonnet goes spinning around, and that looks like Rusty Wallace, who goes right with him. Everyone else will miss contact. The leader has taken the caution, and that's just the break that some of these teams needed. Eli Gold report for us in a moment. No, here goes uh, Bonnet. He will pull away, and uh, Eli looks like he got some damage on the he car. He does. He has a good bit of damage right front, left front. What happened was Neil had been for two or three laps trying to get by the Trevor Boys car. He also had Doug Hevron running with him, and all of a sudden those three cars got together. Neil comes out with the worst of it, and what is left again of Trevor Boys' car, he dropped a couple more pieces, and he's limping back around towards pit road. Dale Earnhardt's pitting right in front of Ned. And they will go to the right side, and I suppose they'll change all four tires. Jeff Bodine came on past him, went on down pit road in the Levi Garrett car, so he'll be getting four tires, too. they got to give it their best shot here right now. Darrell Waltrip and Neil Bonnet had to go all the way around to catch up to the field, but this is the break that Darrell Waltrip had been looking for, so he passed Earnhardt in this last green flag run. Can he do it now? He'll be going for the lead this time. Caution flag out, and the field coming, slowing down to pace speed. Let's go to Jerry Punch. We're standing up here in the upper end of pit road. They're waiting for Neil Bonnet to bring the Budweiser Chevrolet in. Tim Brewer and Doug Reichert and the crew waiting to beat some sheet metal away. The Quaker State Buick for Joe Rutman came in, made a right side tire change. They added a little bit of bite in the car, a little wedge in the car because it was awfully loose. It's a good break for them. They were dropping back in the field as that car now has moved down and away. Here is Bill Elliott moving down pit road. Still waiting for Neil Bonnet to bring the Budweiser car. Here is Darrell Walter making entrance. And here is Neil Bonnet. The car, the front of the car, shoved to the right some six or eight inches. They're going to the left side of the car. He will change left side tires. Doug Riker has the left front tire off. Now he can't get the tire off. The fender been in against the tire. They are trying to pry the left front fender away. Cannot get that Goodyear tire off the car. Meanwhile, Tim Brewer has the right rear tire already changed, and they are still on the jack trying to get the left front tire off. They have it off now, replace the new tire, and they have a lot of sheet metal to pull away on this car. Same place that Neil smacked the wall up here last year in such a vicious crash at Fairgrounds Raceway, but this time it is not quite so severe. He will be able to continue, but the car has really caved in on the left side. Rusty Wallace's car is stuck in the mud down at the inside of turn number two. The wrecker will have to pull him out and be able to get him back into the race. A new year on Motor Racing Network brings with it a new goodies race for the money sweepstakes. And as usual, the prizes have been increased and makes it more valuable than ever for you to enter and try to win one of our racing holidays of the month. Two tickets to a Winston Cup race, $300 in cash, and airfare on Piedmont Airlines for two people. Or our Daytona 500 Dream Vacation. Two tickets to the 1987 Goodies 300 and Daytona 500, an escorted tour of the NASCAR garage area, lodging for two for four nights at Treasure Island Inn on Daytona Beach Shores, $1,000 in cash, and round-trip airfare from Piedmont Airlines from the closest city they serve to your home. To enter, just send your name, address, phone number, and the front panel from any size package of Goody's Headache Powders or the name Goody's Headache Powders printed in plain block letters on a 3x5 piece of paper. Send your entry to Goody's Race for the Money, Box 500, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32015. No purchase required. Contest is void. Where prohibited. All federal and local regulations apply. You can get complete rules where you buy goodies or at Piedmont Airlines City Ticket Offices. And we'll congratulate our Racing Holiday of the Month winner for February, Colleen Bowen of Cana, Virginia. We'll be going to a Winston Cup race with $300 in spending money, a pair of tickets, and airfare from Piedmont Airlines. 323 laps are being posted on the board after good pit work. Joe Rutman is the leader, so they're going to have to chase him a while. Coming off pit road second right now, Dale Earnhardt is the second-place car. Then it is Jeff Bodine, Kyle Petty, and Darrell Waltrip, who made his pit stop and finds himself far back in the field, although he is still on that lead lap. 
So the situation is set up here for a real finish in the Miller 400. Well, Barney, a timely move for Darrell Waltrip. By staying on the racetrack and coming around not once but twice, he crossed the start-finish line as Earnhardt and Bodine were still on pit road, and Waltrip led lap 322, according to scoring, so he would get five Winston Cup bonus points that goes to each driver who leads a lap during the running of the event. So we are now just 76 laps from the finish. Joe Rutman's at the front of the field. Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Bodine, Kyle Petty, and Darrell Waltrip will be contesting for the checkered flag. Coming up on Motor Racing Network next weekend at Rockingham, Saturday, the Protect a Liner 200, and Sunday, the Mr. Goodwrench 500, MRN on Sunday at 12 noon. Two weeks from today, we're at Daytona International Speedway for the Daytona 200 Motorcycle Classic, along with highlight coverage of the Daytona Supercross. On Sunday, March 16th, Atlanta International Raceway plays host to the Winston Cup cars for the Motorcraft Quality Parts 500. Then on March 23rd, we'll be at Martinsville Speedway for racing's wildest doubleheader, the Miller 500 Classic. Make that tripleheader. Late model stock cars, modifieds, and Bush Grand Nationals. Then coming up on MRN in April, coverage from the Bristol International Raceway. April 6th, the Valleydale 500. April 12th and 13th, we'll bring you doubleheader from the Darlington International Raceway in South Carolina. All these speedways have their ticket offices open most of this afternoon, and of course they'll all be open tomorrow. And as we tell you many times, your choice of reserve seat tickets will never be better than it is right now. So why not give a call to one of those speedways that you next plan to visit and reserve your seats for the upcoming Winston Cup, Bush Grand National, or Gatorade Circle of Champions race near you. Back at Fairgrounds Raceway, we're still working caution here. A lengthy one after that spin a moment ago over in turn number two involving Neil Bonnet and Doug Hevron. They're still cleaning up over there, and it looks like it'll be at least another lap or so before we go back to green. 328 are on the board. The leader is Joe Rutman. Earnhardt rides second. Bodine is third. Kyle Petty's fourth. Darrell Waltrip is fifth. And Neil Bonnet had been shown on the lead lap back in sixth position. He has come back onto pit road a moment ago, and they're still doing some work on his car as it is up on the jacks down on pit road now. Let's go to Ned. Well, they're continued to try to pull some sheet metal away on that left front, Barney. There was some that was dangling down. And Bobby Allison shown in seventh position. He is one lap down. Two laps back in eighth is Bobby Hillen, then Dave Marcus. Jimmy Means having a good run. He currently shows up in the top ten, back in tenth position. Then Davey Allison and Rusty Wallace will complete the top 12. And difficulties on Wallace's car as well. A lot of speedy dry down in the Alugard pits, and it's not that antifreeze formula. It's fuel. The filler neck on Wallace's car was bent in one of the many altercations that uh, have happened today, and they're having trouble refueling that car and getting all the, all the fuel into the safety fuel cell. Warming up for a restart. It'll be a double-file restart, and Joe Rutman has a couple of the old yellow cars right behind him in the form of Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Bodine, and they'll come a-digging after him when they cut him loose out of turn number four. They're in the backstretch. And with Kyle Petty and Darrell Waltrip right behind those cars, you've got the five-car shootout here as laps wind down in Richmond, Virginia. Pontiac safety car passes us. The field comes rumbling by two by two as they tighten it up for the restart. Five cars right now battling for the lead in Richmond. Kenny Schrader making a late pit stop will get out at the far end of pit road as they drop the green and out of turn number four. Rutman takes him back to turn number one and he comes off the point like he shot out of a cannon and pulls away by almost a half a second as Earnhardt is having trouble getting around Terry Labonte off turn two. Labonte has the low side covered. He gives Earnhardt all the room that Dale would need. Earnhardt finally gets by him. Bobby Allison and Bobby Hillen Jr. now separate Earnhardt from Jeff Bodine. 
Labonte's car working much better than when he reported it to us on the Absorbing Junior in-car radio that he'd lost a cylinder. That fuel problem apparently has been solved, and he's not running quite up to speed, but he's running a little better than he was. Bodine, though, and a whole group of cars go underneath Terry at two. The leader is Rutman by eight car lanes on Earnhardt. He then has two cars plus ten car lanes on Bodine and third, who has Waltrip right behind him in fourth. Rutman has already opened up a full second on Dale Earnhardt, the second-place car, while Bodine is caught back behind Bobby Allison and Bobby Hillen trying to work his way back up and catch the front two there in the back stretch. Rutman getting off the corner, working as well as anybody is visibly at this moment. Bodine and Waltrip trying to work their way around Bobby Allison. They do in a turn three. Waltrip and Allison going at it, but Waltrip will take advantage in that skirmish, and he's lined up right on the back bumper of Jeff Bodine's Chevrolet as they head back down into one and two. Earnhardt comes off the corner, chasing down Joe Rutman. We've got the Timex stopwatch out for the differential between the two cars. It is 1.04 seconds passing us into turn number three. And it's three seconds back to Darrell Waltrip as they come out of the corner, and Waltrip and Bodine go door to door. Hammer and tong off the corner. Bobby Hillen is the sandwich as they head back to turn number one, and he feels the heat from Jeff Bodine as he tags him. Bodine trying to work around Bobby Hillen Jr. Hillen stays to the high side. Bodine and Waltrip both, and now Kyle Petty as well, taking the inside groove as they get by Bobby Hillen Jr. and the front five are now free of race traffic. Well, that was a tough break for Bodine. Hillen, the younger driver, caught up on the outside with the passing flag waving in his face and just couldn't take advantage, or rather Bodine couldn't take advantage as Walter got under and took the spot away. Kyle Petty is there too and he's driven a good race for the Wood Brothers. Leonard Wood talking with Kyle and working with him through the winter to try and get Kyle to work the car into a race winning position. And Barney, today he's done that. He's a contender, and he still has a shot to win this thing, but they're all going to have to get on the button if we're going to catch Joe Rutman because he's just driving away, although Dale Earnhardt has begun to reel him in just a little bit in the backstretch. He's now down to just .83 of a second, and that's the differential between first place and second place. Ned, do you think they've been holding the 26 car back a little bit this afternoon and all of a sudden they say, hey, show what you got now. Well, certainly now's the time to show what he has, Barney, but I don't believe he's got quite enough to hold Earnhardt off. Now, he only took on two right side tires for the first few laps. That looked awfully good, but now I believe those left side tires are beginning to heat up again a little bit. The car is beginning to look loose, even though they put a lot of wedge in it, made an adjustment on the chassis during that pit stop, but Earnhardt with four fresh tires on that Wrangler Chevrolet is beginning to mow it down. He was a full second behind a moment ago. Now the interval is less than 50 feet as he tries to chase Rutman down and heads for turn three. Chase him down, he does. It is, isn't it amazing as the laps wind down? Darrell Waltrip right back in the picture for a potential win, running a strong third ahead of Bodine and Kyle Petty. True enough, as Walter brings it off the fourth corner, Bodine some hundred feet or so behind, and Kyle Petty right there looking to move in on Bodine's automobile. The front five are all nestled within one straightaway. It's not nice to laugh. Some of the cars coming by here with bits and pieces hanging and stuff taped up. There's going to be a lot of work to do at some of these race stops over the week. Rutman takes it back across the start-finish line into turn number one, and Earnhardt is there. Still about three car lengths separate those two, but the car that is coming and coming in a hurry is Darrell Walker. He has shortened the interval himself. A moment ago, he was almost four seconds back. He's less than two now. It's exactly 1.81 seconds from second place Earnhardt back to third place. Waltrip then two seconds back to fourth place Bodine. Well, a win here today could be worth as much as Ricky Rudd's was at Riverside, California in November. One spot open on NASCAR's winner circle plan, and if the driver that wins here today did not win last year, he'll get on that bonus plan, and that's worth, what, nearly a quarter million dollars or more. At least that, perhaps 300000 or more this year. 
Here's the battle for the lead out of turn number four. Earnhardt again, still two car lengths back. Has not been able to catch up anymore the last couple of laps around. He hasn't lost any ground. He's going to gain a little bit down in the north end of the speedway. Shortens it up to about a car length now as they work to Eli Golden, turn three. Visually, the cars are taking an identical groove, but Earnhardt just seems to have the guns again down the straightaway. That's where he's really making up the deficit. Three drivers that could climb onto that winner's circle are Rutman, Kyle Petty, and Neil Bonnet among the cars that are in the lead lap here. 343 on the board, 57 laps to go, and they're bumper to bumper in two. Now as they come off the corner, Earnhardt for the moment will ride right behind Joe Rutman. Nose to tail for those two cars, 2.17 seconds back to third place, Walter. Earnhardt gets underneath Rutman out of the corner. They almost trade sheet metal, but they don't, and it's nailed by a full car length as they get back into turn number one. And, Ned, you probably hit the nail on the head again. Those tires are the difference. Well, I'll tell you, they make such a difference on a short track, particularly late in the race. After there is some rubber and grease and oil put down on the racetrack, you've got to get a bite with those left side tires as well as the right side. Sometimes you take a gamble and it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. And for Rutman, it's dropped him back to second place. As the laps wind down, Darrell Waltrip now chases down the front two and he's going to be there in just a moment. The stage is set for the final 50 laps here. It'll be a typical short track shootout, Saturday night style, 50 laps to go. Earnhardt on the point of the parade. Waltrip, now the second place car. Joe Rutman riding in third, and Jeff Bodine is fourth, and Bodine has now dropped to almost a straightaway behind the race leaders as they wind out of turn two. Earnhardt's won here one time. Waltrip six times as they close in on Trevor Boys, J.D. McDuffie, Neil Bonnet, and Greg Sachs' car in turns four. Traffic may be the factor in this battle as Waltrip's in no hurry. He knows he can catch Earnhardt. He already has. He's a half a car length back, and there's a lot of lap traffic directly ahead. If he makes a wrong move, Earnhardt will try to stay at the bottom of the racetrack and try, if possible, to keep Waltrip from getting underneath him anywhere on this speedway. They're back in three. They've gotten by Trevor Boys. Now going by J.D. McDuffie entering turn number three. It's merely a half car lane. Third hard back to Walter. And the fans starting to come to their feet because they smell the battle coming up the one they were denied the chance to see last week. A little bit different players. This time it's Earnhardt and Walter. As they work off two, they're going to have to try to lap past Neil Bonnet. Neil gives them all the room they need. That beaten and bruised Budweiser Chevrolet takes the inside groove. And now Darrell Waltrip trying to follow Neil through. He gets underneath Earnhardt out of the corner, and Bonnet is directly ahead. He can't do anything there, and he has to get out of the throttle for just a moment and fall in behind Dale back in turn one. So Waltrip, after all that hard-earned real estate he gained, is going to lose it again. He'll have to do the same thing all over again. Jeff Bodine now has dropped back to about four and a half seconds behind the front two. Joe Rutman is still two and a half seconds ahead of Jeff Bodine. That's the situation from third and fourth spot. Kyle Petty in fifth. He is still a contender about a straightaway behind the race leaders. And I'll correct myself, Bonnet is already on the Winter Circle program. They won a couple of races last year, so only Rutman and Kyle Petty on the lead lap could have a chance to win and advance onto that lucrative bonus program. Earnhardt takes him into turn number three. They're going to lap past Jimmy Means. Means had a good run here today. Led a number of laps under the green at about the 50-lap mark. Made a lot of timely moves today. He'll be a candidate for that Timex timeliest move of the race a little bit later this afternoon. The fans are on their feet now, waiting to see when and if Darrell Waltrip can get underneath or outside of Dale Earnhardt and take over the lead in the Miller 400. They're back in three. He's not trying it this time. They've got Doug Hebron's car to get by shortly, but Waltrip just follows Earnhardt through the turns. Ned, the way this racetrack has been today, would you want to get up on the outside and try to make a pass for the lead that way? No. No, that's not the place to do it. Waltrip's car is working so well down on the low side of the racetrack. Earnhardt's has been all day long, but I believe uh, Waltrip's car has a little bit of the advantage now, particularly 
particularly off of turn four. He can come off so low and really get a jump off of there. I think that's where he'll try to take it. Should be about 43 laps remaining when they cross the start-finish line this time, so Waltrip has plenty of time to pick and choose where he wants to make his move. To show you how important it is when you have an accident early in a Winston Cup race, go to the garage and even get 30 or 40 laps behind and then repair the car and come back out there and pile up some Winston Cup points. Bill Elliott was 44 laps behind and still is, but he currently has moved up to 20th place. So he's going to have a pretty fair finish as far as the Winston Cup points is, despite the fact that he won't be up in that top 10. Those points are very important. Been a, long, been a long day, too, for Tommy Ellis. Uh, Barney, he lost 80 laps repairing that car behind the pit wall. But to run for their sponsor here in Richmond, Virginia, and also to pile up some Winston Cup points, he, too, is back on the racetrack. I think there's only about seven cars, eight cars in the garage area, despite all the crashing we've had today. Yeah, you can look at the racetrack. Parts of them are in the garage, we'll put it that <laughs> right. way. The rest of the car is out there running. Neil Bonnet has now dropped off the lead lap. He is back in sixth position. Bobby Allison currently shows in seventh. Bobby Hillen would be eighth. Ninth today, Marcus. Jimmy Means is still in tenth. Davey Allison is eleventh. And Rusty Wallace would be the twelfth place car. There's a lot of good NASCAR racing all around the country, not just Winston Cup or Bush Grand National Racing. NASCAR's Winston Racing Short Track Series will be getting underway at racetracks soon all across America. America's best short track stars will compete for regional and the national Winston Racing crowns. NASCAR will be happy to send you the name and address and schedule of the Winston Racing Series tracks nearest you. Just write them a note at NASCAR Public Relations, P.O. Box K, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32015. And I'll send you all the details on the NASCAR Winston Racing Series in your area. 361 laps have been completed here, and Waltrip laid a bumper on the back of Earnhardt coming off turn two that time for single file in front of Eli. They don't continue the pass, Mike, as you say. They have pulled away now by nearly three full seconds on Joe Ruckman, who has a comfortable two-and-a-half-second margin on Jeff Bodine. That's exactly what they would like to do, is put as much daylight on the rest of the field and let it come down to a two-car battle for the win here this afternoon rather than a three or four. So that may be one of the reasons that Darrell Waltrip is not putting that much heat on Dale for the moment. He knows what his car can do. Earnhardt knows what his can do. And the more space they put between themselves and Jeff Bodine and, of course, Joe Rutman, the least trouble they'll have in the final laps here. Still a long ways to go. 363 are on the board. And perhaps Jerry Punch can go down to the Junior Johnson pits in just a moment and find out what the thoughts are of the crew chief down there and Darrell Waltrip and when he's going to make his move. And maybe we can get a word with Richard Childress also of what's going through Dale Earnhardt's mind out there right now and what he can do to keep Waltrip back there. They almost get together as they come off the corner. Waltrip isn't going to wait. He tried to make his move going into turn number one and Dale just made him run out of racetrack. He either had a choice of hitting the guardrail or getting out of the throttle and he came out of the throttle. They're back in three. And for the next number of laps they'll have a good bit of race traffic to negotiate. Ron Bouchard and Greg Saxis' car will be the first two they come up against. That surprises me, Barney. I honestly thought Waltrip would wait a while because chances are if you're going to get past Earnhardt for the lead, you're going to have one and just one shot at it. He may have taken a look ahead or perhaps Jeff Hammond told him on the radio, you're going to be catching about 10 or 15 cars here in a moment and if Earnhardt can work that traffic to his advantage, it's going to be twice as hard to get around him. And Waltrip may have felt like that was the time to do it coming off the corner and he had the position on him, but it didn't work. Here they are, back to the line again. Earnhardt by half a car length as they work back into turn number one. They'll be coming up on Greg Sachs' badly battered automobile in the backstretch. It looks like the Die Guard modified car. A car that Greg Sachs would have driven up in the northeastern circuit, but he's still out there working it for TRW sponsorship as Earnhardt still holds off Waltrip and four. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. We're standing by with Jeff Hammond, crew chief on the Budweiser Chevrolet. Jeff, I guess it's come time to make that move, hasn't it? Well, it's getting pretty close. Uh, 
got about 30 laps to go, though, so I'm going to let, you know, let Darrell kind of pick his place. Darryl, uh, Dale's a hard guy to pass. They're putting on a good show right now, but I think we can beat him if we get him in the right place. Where do you think the right place is? Say what? Where do you think the right place is? I don't, I don't know. I'm going to get back to Darrell. They're talking back and forth on the two-way radio, and we'll go up pit road to the Richard Childress pits and Jerry Punch. Mike, Richard Childress standing with me. Richard, uh, Dale doing everything he can to hold him off. Has Dale got anything left at all? I don't know. He hasn't said nothing. You know, we've just done what we could with the car, and he's doing all he can right now. So we just have to see how it comes out. Well, RC talking to his driver. Front two work back into the number one corner. There's a heavy pack of traffic directly ahead in the form of J.D. McDuffie, Greg Sachs, and Richard Petty. So Earnhardt will have to carefully thread his way through there and not get himself boxed in, and the same goes for Waltrip, or he can find himself dropping back through the field. The stage is set for a heck of a finish here in the Miller 400. Been no change in the top five. Earnhardt is still the leader. Waltrip is still a couple of feet at times behind him and an inches other times as he just bides his time toward the end of this race here with less than 20, about 24 laps to go, as a matter of fact. Over in turn number three, Darrell saw an opening just for a moment, tried to stick the nose of that Budweiser machine underneath the Wrangler car of Earnhardt. There's no running room as Dale just pinched him down. And I got a feeling if Darrell beats him here this afternoon, he'll almost have to physically nudge him out of that groove. I think that's likely, Barney, and I don't think he can wait for the last lap to do it. Uh, he tried it about 10 or 12 laps to go, took an advantage, and it just didn't hold for him coming down the straightaway. We've talked all day about Earnhardt's tremendous straightaway speed and the way he's getting off the corner. But Waltrip's team, they've worked on that car all day, and it may not have been the best car here at the start of the race, but it's definitely one of the best here now. Well, they're one of the best in the business at continually adjusting on a car to get it dialed in. They never panic. They don't lose their cool. They just hang in there all day and try to stay in that lead lap to give themselves a possibility of having a shot at a win, and that's all they ever ask for. Front two are out of turn number four and back down to the line. As the laps wind down here, 378 on the board. Darrell has another problem also. Earnhardt is the leader. He can pick and choose where he wants to go. He doesn't have to put that car in a bind. While Darrell has to run him hard in the corners, if he heats those tires up and makes a little bit of the suspension or tires go away on the car, cuts his odds of getting around Earnhardt at the end. I wouldn't want his job here this afternoon of beating Dale. No, sir, Barney. Off they come at turn four, and the margin grows to about three-quarters of a car length. Down into turn one, Waltrip nestles right up on the bumper again. What's happened to Joe Rutman and Jeff Bodine? Rutman is running about two seconds behind the race leaders, two and a half, and Bodine is even further back in traffic, about another perhaps two seconds behind Rutman's car, third and fourth. Leave Kyle Petty is still the fifth-place car. Neil Bonnet's a lap down sixth. Those five are on the lead lap as they work back into turn number one. Richard Petty still out there running strong, as we said, just about every car in the field except maybe three or four, showing a loss of a fender or a hood or something here this afternoon, and the battle has been a good one all day long. 381 go up on the board, 19 laps to go. They're back in three. It looked for a moment as though Waltrip might try to make the pass off turn two, decides not to. Took a look underneath him as they went into the corner. Just nothing going there. And again, they'll run up on Neil Bonnet's badly damaged left front caved in on his car over in turn number two as they work down the back straightaway. Darrell got boxed in behind his teammate there just a moment ago and lost a little ground, but he's made it all back up right now. Earnhardt catches him over in turn number three, slows up a bit, and underneath him comes Darrell Waltrip out of the corner. And again, Neil Bonnet is there, and Darrell has to back out of the throttle as they hit traffic down in turn one. It was a good move by Waltrip. He got underneath and had to cover the spot when Earnhardt went to the high side around Bonnet, but Bonnet proved no obstacle in her single file on the backstretch. Jeff Bodine trying to close in just a bit on Joe Rutman, that battle for third place. It is now 1.18 seconds from third Rutman back to fourth Bodine. Front straightaway. 
16 laps to go this time. Again, a car length is the difference as Bill Elliott comes off pit road getting his last service of the day. They're out of two. And as the leaders work around the Bill Elliott car, they'll have Buddy Arrington, Lake Speed, and Dave Ethan McDuffie to negotiate past. As again, race traffic could be a factor in turn three. This has been a good track for Dale Earnhardt. It has. I've won races up here, and uh, I've run real good. Uh, most of the time, every race I've been here, I run competitive. So I look forward to coming in here. And, uh, uh, you know, we had a little bad luck in the 500, so maybe we can come back up here and win the race since we run so good here. Well, he's got a shot to win it, and that's all you can ask for. As the front two work around J.D. McDuffie's car, out of turn number four, Buddy Arrington drops down to the inside of the racetrack to give those front two plenty of running room, and they head back into turn number one. Down into one at the north end of the speedway, and out of two, still single file. No change. Bill Elliott has hooked on behind those two lead automobiles. He's just along for the ride at this juncture, not figuring anywhere near the lead cars. Back through three and four, they're still about a half groove up from the bottom of the racetrack. Elliott's already been awarded the Goodies Headache Award by vote of the press in attendance here, $500, and a sample of Goodies Headache Powders. That won't cure the front end of that Coors Melling Thunderbird, but it will help get Elliott down the road to Rockingham. Back in the back stretch, the two lead cars. And it's just a nose-to-tail situation again. They have pulled away by nearly three and a half seconds from Rutman, who has a quarter, excuse me, three quarters of a second now on Jeff Bodine. Well, unless something drastic happens here in these final laps, it will be a two-car battle for the win here in the Miller 400, as it is about 2.8 seconds back to the third-place car of Joe Rutman, and about an equal distance back also to Jeff Bodine as they head back to three. And no change in the running order. There's Lake Speed lurking ahead of the lead cars. It's Earnhardt and Walter. Barney, whatever change they made on Jeff Bodine's car, whatever adjustment on that pit stop it sure went the other way his car is very loose and he's been sliding back in the field it'll be 10 laps to go next time by as Earnhardt and Waltrip go up the back stretch they will be again approaching some other lead or at least lap cars Dave Marcus the Jimmy Means car Terry Levante's car and still Lake Speed ahead of the leaders Darrell may have to make his move shortly because there is an awful lot of traffic they'll be catching in about two more laps let's go to the pits Well, you take a gamble, you feel like that's the way to go, and that's all you can do. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. In this case, for Jeff Bodine, it does not work, and he's fallen back to fourth place. Front two are off turn number two, and they will be catching about six or seven cars here in just a moment, and you wonder when Darrell's going to make his move. I don't know, Barney. He has been patient ever since about lap 365 or so when he tried Earnhardt on the bottom. Eight laps to go. This time by, they are single file, pulling up on Doug Hevron and Lake Speed at turn one and two. As they work their way through traffic, Hevron and Speed are directly in front of the leaders. Hevron takes the inside groove to get out of the way that way. Lake Speed goes to the high side and pulls off as Waltrip is still hounding away on Earnhardt. No place to go out of turn number four as they come down to the line. Dale takes it all the way out to the wall, then breaks to the inside of the racetrack in behind Jimmy Means' car, tucks right in on him as Waltrip taps him a little bit, but it wasn't intentional because he just ran up on Jimmy Means there, and Earnhardt had to come out of the throttle. Took a look again underneath him in turn three, nothing. Jimmy Means covers the low spot. Waltrip looks that way, can't make the move, and Earnhardt pulls off. Jimmy Means got right into the corner of Earnhardt's car as Dale cut down the racetrack and tried to pad his advantage. One car length is the differential, six laps to go. Back through turns one and two and heading our way on the back stretch. Earnhardt comes off the turn a bit higher than Waltrip. Darrell, however, gathers it back in in a hurry. He's drawn to within a half car 
length of the leader. They've come up on the Trevor Boy's car, and he has to get out of the way. Darrell really has his work cut out for him because there's no room to get to the inside of the racetrack. Every time he comes off the corner where he can get underneath him or goes into the corner, there seems to be a lapped automobile directly ahead, and Earnhardt is setting the pace of the race so he can keep that traffic where he needs it. They're back in three. And they finally get by Trevor Boy's going into the number three corner, and five car lanes ahead, still lake speed lurking there. Speed still staying way out in front of the race leaders. They've not had a chance to overlap him. Earnhardt, or rather Waltrip, had a look inside, middle of the front straightaway. Earnhardt gets a little loose. Waltrip is there and one. Darrell tries to make the pass. Can't do it as Earnhardt gathers things back in. Now Waltrip gets into the side of Earnhardt again. Earnhardt's car skitters on the rear. He gathers it back in. And it's still Earnhardt leading Waltrip by a half car length to three. These two will dish it out and Earnhardt will make him work for every inch of real estate. There's going to be some red, yellow, blue, all colors of paint between those two before this one is over. As they go back into turn number one, they get together again. They're off two. Waltrip passing inside spot covered. They're alongside of each other. They do not touch this time. Waltrip will win the track race to turn three. Earnhardt gets him hard into the wall goes Waltrip. Hard goes Earnhardt. Everybody else spins either way. Five, six cars involved, and now there's caution on the speedway. Rutman and Bodine are in it. Rutman spins across the racetrack and tags Buddy Arrington. All five of the cars in the lead lap except Kyle Petty are in it. Here comes Kyle Petty. He's the race leader. He will come around and take the caution flag as Earnhardt, Waltrip, Bodine and Rutman crash at turn three. Earnhardt is off the corner with the front end completely caved in in his car working back into turn number one and this one will finish under caution I'm sure because Waltrip's badly battered car is limping. He has it fired Eli trying to make it move. It looks like it's going nowhere. It's going nowhere. Bodine is going back and forth trying to get rid of a piece of debris. He's like in the middle of a demo derby. Earnhardt threw his car into reverse and he has gotten around still shedding sheet metal as he comes by us and it is another high priced parking lot here in three and four as Waltrip now gets his car fired and he's going to limp it around as Bodine still can't get going from his spot and now he'll just try again. Marty, it's amazing as far back as Rutman and Bodine were running behind the leaders that they got tagged right in the middle of that. Here come Earnhardt and Waltrip side by side across the start finish line under the caution. Both cars are badly damaged. And into the fence they both go in turn number one under the caution flag. They're Tempers are very hot in those two cars right now. You can bet your bottom dollar on that, but that's almost the kind of finish everyone expected. Earnhardt won't give you an inch on a racetrack. Waltrip doesn't give an inch either, and when these two went flying into the corner, you could almost see that one coming. Let's go back to Eli Gold. Jeff Bodine's car is the only one not to have been able to pull away. Everybody else comes by here, and there are just pieces of everything hanging from race cars. There are all sorts of debris here in the corner, and everybody's just going to try to snake their way through so as to not flatten what tires still remain full of air. Here comes the uh, Budweiser car just limping along the outside retaining wall here on the backstretch. Kyle Petty has just taken the checkered flag to win the Miller 400 here this afternoon after a crash going into turn number three. will eliminate the two front runners. Let's go to Jerry Punch. And Patty Petty down here hugging Leonard Wood. Leonard, uh, congratulations. Congratulations. I know you. it's a win and it's been long coming for you, you guys. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Kyle run good all day, but, you know, I'm sorry to tell the guys had bad luck. Uh, but, uh, you know, you just, we've had it happen to us, too, so. I know you got to be happy for your sponsor, 7-Eleven, and for all the guys that have been working so hard. Yeah, there's Sitco, 7-Eleven, uh, Chief Auto Parts, and Ford, and all the crew that's worked hard. You know, it's uh, been a long time coming. Well, it's a tearful experience down here. Patty Petty being hugged by a lot of people here. We can get over and get a comment with Patty if we can. Uh, uh, 
Waltrip's car has expired in the back straightaway in front of Eli Gold. And Darrell is still sitting in the car. He is motioning to a number of the drivers as he goes by. And Darrell just kind of resigns himself. He takes off his... Uh, Driver's glove throws it aside, and the car a hulking, hissing mess as it sits midway on the backstretch. We'll be back at Fairgrounds Raceway in just a moment and go to Victory Lane. What a finish here in the Miller 400. Let's go to Victory Lane. And what a celebration it is, Barney Hall. Kyle Petty, did you expect it? No, well, we thought we were in real good yesterday in, in practice and everything, and, and, you know, everything worked real good. Today we didn't have much luck. We could never catch a caution good enough to, to get the car to drive like we wanted to. There at the very end, we put it, tried a new set of stagger, and it worked a little bit. It loosened the car up, but it still pushed in, in the middle of the corner. I couldn't get it to turn. So uh, we were real fortunate that they all ran into each other down there going in three. I'll take them any way you can get them. Could you believe that when you came down that back stretch? No, I was, I was looking. I saw the, the five car, and I could see the three and the 11, but uh, I couldn't see the 26. And I thought Rutman had snuck by and done beat us there, and, you know, and we was, which, you know, that wasn't bad. But then I seen Rutman as we come out of four there. He was setting off in the grass and couldn't get going. So, uh, you know, I just... I can't say enough. You know, the 7-Eleven crew, uh, the Wood Brothers, everybody worked so hard last year, you know, and everything works so good this year. And I just thank the Lord that we made it through that wreck and nobody else did. What, did you say you was going to build a house here? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to wheel me this spot right here. I mean, this, this is the first time I've been to Victor Lane in eight or six, eight or ten years, it seems like. It seems like forever, so I think I'll build me a house here. Is this your biggest thrill in racing? Oh, definitely so. You know, uh, you win down at Daytona in your first one, and that was pretty good. But uh, I think any time you can win a Winston Cup race, uh, you know, that's it, got to be a big thrill. Patty, your thoughts on this? I just, I just thank Lord for the opportunity to be here, and I don't think I've ever praised Lord so hard to be running fifth and not in the middle of everything that happened. And I'm sorry for all the other people, but I'm thankful to be here. Okay, a big celebration here in Victor Lane. Barney, Let's go to Jerry Punch real quick. Dale Earnhardt has climbed out of the Wrangler Chevrolet, and Dale, a wild finish those last few laps. What happened over there? Well, you know, we were just racing, and we hung up, and both of us spun, hit the fence. So, you know, that's one of them things. We were both racing, trying to win. Darrell, you know, he's always tough up here. And I think he has beat me a little bit in the corner, but, I was, you know, I was trying to hold him off and race him to the end. But, you know, things like it happened. This is our idea. Congratulations to Kyle Pater for winning his first one. Your car ran so well all day long, and you were strong those last few laps. It looked like uh, Darrell was having a pretty hard time trying to get underneath you. Well, he was. He started shoving me around a little bit and got under me, and, uh, you know, that's racing. We'll we'll go back and race again somewhere else. I reckon it uh, everywhere's next. Well, Dale Earnhardt smiling. He climbs out of a battered uh, Wrangler Chevrolet. Everywhere's next will be at Rockingham next weekend, and round two may come up down there for a lot of drivers. Again, Kyle Petty wins his first Winston Cup race ever. It comes here at Fairgrounds Raceway today in the Miller 400. Unofficially, this is what we have from scoring at present. It will show Joe Rutman finishing second. Earnhardt will be third, fourth to Bobby Allison, and fifth to Waltrip. Let's go to the pits. Well, Joe, we got a second-place finish for you, your best run in the history of competition here, and a great run for your new car owner, Kenny Bernstein. Well, there's no question, that, you know, Kenny being a new car owner in Quaker State, you know, having the car this year for the first time, and, you know, the, really the, the driver cost us a chance to win the race. I, uh, I had my head uh, buried in the wrong place at the, <clears throat> at the wrong time, and I had a feeling what was going to take place, and I thought, well, you know, if I just keep myself clear of all of it I'll be all set and I uh, Bodan was breathing a little harder on me than what I wanted so I was obviously trying to protect third and but at the same time knowing what was going to take place in one and two and uh, you know I just uh, went down the back stretch to take I took a look to see where uh, where Bodine was and when I looked back up I just couldn't get her road in time you know you got to be pleased with the way the car ran the Mike Fryer engine has been so competitive here and uh, only your second time out of the chops and you have a real good finish well there's no question that you know Larry the crew chief made a 
made a decision uh, toward the end of the race to just take on the outside tires, and that put us up front. <clears throat> and the car was real close, and, uh, you know, maybe the car was there, maybe I just wasn't driving in the right place because it ran extremely good all day long. Well, again, congratulations. Thank you, Doctor. Let's go back to the garage and Jerry Punch. Morning, we've caught up with Jeff Bodine, and Jeff, it was a pretty good run for you today. Uh, those last few laps were, were something to behold. What happened out there? You got me. I didn't see what happened, what caused that wreck. All I know, I was trying to catch Joe Rupman for a position. I was running as hard as I could, concentrating on what he was doing, and uh, I go in the third corner, and there's everybody, oil on the track. I just spun around, hit everybody, and everyone hit me, and couldn't move the car. Were you hurt at all up there? I just banged my knee on the steering column. I'll be okay, no problem. Well, Jeff Bodine sitting in here with a big ice pack on his right leg. Uh, he said, we'll get him at Rockingham. Well, there are going to be a lot of sore muscles when they all wake up in the morning after what we saw here today at Fairgrounds Raceway. They'll be heading down to Rockingham, North Carolina next weekend for 500 miles of get-at-it competition down there in round two in the Winston Cup season. Let's take you back through the field on the finish here unofficially. Kyle Petty, of course, is the winner. Joe Rutman is credited with the second. Dale Earnhardt, third. Bobby Allison, fourth. Darrell Waltrip, fifth. Bobby Hillen, sixth. Neil Bonnet, seventh. Jeff Bodine will finish eighth. Ninth to Dave Marcus. Rusty Wallace, tenth. Jimmy Means, good run for him, eleventh this afternoon. Davey Allison will finish twelfth. Doug Hebron shows up in 13th position. Buddy Arrington, 14th. 15th to Terry Labonte. J.D. McDuffie is the 16th place finisher in the field. Lake Speed, 17th. 18th to Ron Bouchard. Finishing 19th is Greg Sachs. Richard Petty with his dislocated shoulder. Posts a pretty good finish here this afternoon and comes up in 20th position, and I'm sure he'll settle for that. 21st to Bill Elliott. 22nd spot to Tim Richmond. 23rd will go to Kenny Schrader. 24th to Tommy Ellis. 25th to Mike Waltrip, 26th to Trevor Boys, 27th spot to Kirk Bryant, 28th to Harry Gant, finishing 29th is Phil Parsons, 30th spot to Ricky Rudd, and 31st, Eddie Beerswall. Barney, looks like we may have a tie for the Winston Cup point lead as we move on to Rockingham, North Carolina next week. Jeff Bodine and Darrell Waltrip, according to our very unofficial calculation, uh, would end up Nope, I'll be corrected. Bodine's going to be behind by two points. Waltrip is going to be the Winston Cup point leader based on his fifth-place finish today. Eli Gold cover the action for us out in turns three and four. Ned Jarrett, two-time Winston Cup champion, and Dr. Jerry Punch were in pit road and the garage area this afternoon. I want to thank Martha Mew Oliver and Louise Frazier on the scoring loop today. And our absorbing junior in-car radio in Terry Labonte's Piedmont Oldsmobile was provided by Nelson Specialties. Nelson Crozier, our assistant engineer. Thanks to him and Bryant Cooper today for getting the broadcast on and on the airwaves to you around the country. For Barney Hall, this is Mike Joy congratulating Kyle Petty on his first Winston Cup victory in today's Miller 400. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.